This week, we begin in Plano, where lies and betrayal lead to a fatal tragedy. Then, we travel the short distance to Carrollton, where a last-minute gas station stop simultaneously leads to an unfortunate rape and murder. Welcome to episode 48 of Texas 1031. I don't know what I mean in comparison. I like thinking that there's people out there who have this idea of me that's not me at all. It's probably worse than me in real life because of the way I come off, but I've missed it. I've missed the power. That's a bad sign. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like internally cringing. <laughs> all right. Uh-huh. Fine. <laughs> Testing one two three four. Cassie speak seven eight six six six. Hail Satan! times over. Um, hey everyone, this is Cassie and Hannah. This is Texas ten thirty one, and this is a Texas true crime podcast. I did it. <laughs> you did it. I did. You it. remembered. I know. Well, I wrote it out. <laughs> okay. Um, we've been on hiatus for four months. Four months. We. I have to say it once. We're back, bitches. And also, are we sorry? Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. We've missed it. We've missed it a lot. We've missed you. And you've missed us. Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. Based on the lovely emails and inter- or interviews, uh, <laughs> reviews that we received. Which is which is always nice. It was like a little reminder like, hey, fuckers, you guys aren't done with this. Like, it's. Don't call them fuckers. It's not. It, I was calling us fuckers. Oh, that's okay. This was also we've discussed it. It was a summer of growth. Yes, and so there are certain the things that I am not going to do while recording this podcast. Cursing is not included in no. that. So no one's complained. Too watch much out, fucker. Besides my mom. <laughs> yeah, and I have I have some religious family that listens, but I mean, you either love me or you don't. So I don't like that. Sounds so copy outy what and i don't I, you have to let me or you don't well it is like, for shitty you. behavior but i'm not a shitty person i just like say curse words which i don't think are bad right cassie has um made a declaration of not being let or is she is going to be less political uh-huh. and religiously uh ambiguous i mean i'm not gonna hide that Abhorrent? I I don't know. I'm not going to hide my opinion where it is relevant. Correct. In cases. When it is needed, she will yes. voice her opinion. But I'm not just going to do it to be an asshole anymore. Right. <laughs> growth. <laughs> growth. Summer growth. <laughs> Summer of growth. I'm going to allegedly, in air quotes, not 
go on psychological tangents as much and make myself sound real dumb <laughs> extra stupid see Just i don't I think you it. sound dumb when you do this but well, it's self-reflection time so. yeah 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 <laughs> summer of growth summer of growth what uh, anyway, have you been doing? What um, recommendations do you yeah. have? Tell us everything. So I had a fun summer of growth. I went on a road trip and did yeah. some true crime spots, which was really cool. I posted some photos for everyone to see. But Y'all I went had a lot saw, of cool spots. Uh, what? Y'all had a lot of cool spots. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Should part I of my a... declaration be to stop interrupting? <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, should mine be to stop saying it's fine? Maybe. <laughs> no, that's our, that's. <laughs> That's a part of us. It's fine. Um, yeah, I made a fun little book of all the photos. I can show you later, but it's actually pretty cute. But I got to see um, an alpine. I went and saw Zuzu Verk's memorial, the house she lived in, the spot where her body was found. It was pretty heavy, yeah. but it made it very real and really added kind of a, an emotional quality to the whole thing. And then mm-hmm. I got to – I only stood outside the gate of um, the Elbracht – family ranch in mountain home but that it was one, so creepy like did you because when i stood in front of the elementary school in the heights mm-hmm. i got full body tingles like did you feel yeah, anything when i stood outside of the school i just kind of thought it was cool looking yeah but i was more so like where was the factory and it was right behind where your car was depending on what street you were on but it was just houses i don't know anyway yeah yes. yeah it's, okay yeah true but it was it was just weird because it was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, in it was it was just desolate. Just how so they, it was like that's how it happened because mm-hmm. there was no one around, kind of thing. And that was like what sixty years ago now. It was fifty. I mean, it happened. They were caught or raided like in the eighties. That was the episode we couldn't remember. Okay, the dates so that's on. like forty. <laughs> so fifty. So you think now, almost fifty years later, it's still desolate. Like imagine. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. What it was then. We went to Ugh. the cemetery where the head patriarch guy um walter was buried so i got to see his grave which was kind of upsetting but also (laughs) interesting Mm -hmm. um and then we drove to new mexico and got to see our lord and savior david parker ray got to stand (laughs) outside his house um and it was great very interesting recommendation wise sorry who cares but um I listened to a bunch of stuff over the summer, obviously, yep. newsflash, and I think the last thing that I'm really still focused on that's still like an uh, ongoing podcast is um, we've all listened to shit about Fred and Rosemary West, the couple in England that were like couple killers, whatever, and they killed all those women and probably their kids and raped their own kids and all that stuff. Um, this guy, he's a British journalist who kind of did reporting during that time, and he is now putting all of his... Yeah, are you listening to it? No, but I downloaded it last yeah, week. I'm it's really good. To. He's not that far into it, but um, he also did a podcast called Black Hands on the Bain family murders in New Zealand, which is always kind of oh, fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to get a more in-depth look on that one, because at first you're kind of like, well, he probably did it, but uh-huh. now you listen to it and you're like, wow, that's a lot of details. He probably still did it, but it's still interesting. There's still so, more. Yeah. Ooh. Those are the ones I recommend. Unheard, the Fred and Rose West tapes i think is what it's called that sounds right and then uh yeah black hands that's awesome yeah good stuff that sounds cool what about you well my i guess we're we're telling our favorite summer activity and then recommendations yeah why not (laughs) there are a few 
And I don't want to insult anyone by saying my favorite was my short. I, I'm probably forgetting some fun things. I know I am, in fact. But um, Brennan and I went back to New Orleans for like yeah. a weekend. And that was my favorite thing. So we went back to the Museum of Death. And we just like walked around. Frenchman, I ruined a ghost tour. I... Uh. Well, I ruined that Again. whole day, actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we still had a really good time. And I got to see for the first time ever, because I guess I didn't see them the f- very first time we went. Um, well, I did see uh, the Lullery Mansion, mm-hmm. which was super cool. Yeah. And Hannah did tell me. I texted Hannah a picture. I was like, I'm at it. And she was like, don't walk under the black. Don't walk under the awning because, you know, it's supposed to be bad luck. And I was standing under it mm-hmm. when she sent me that text. That was also the day that I ruined everything <laughs> for that day. So fitting, I think. But I saw, um, I don't know how I didn't see them the first time, but the raised, um, like the above ground burial sites. We drove That's past. All they do, man. I, but I hadn't, I guess I, d- we didn't really drive around much because Uber was barely a thing the first time we went. So Did we just you walked. Not do like a, I mean, I was super didn't touristy do a cemetery and did a tour. tour. They explain it all. It's super fascinating, actually. We were going to do a cemetery tour, but for some reason, I think the ghost tour was a little cheaper and it was going to be right. Like it was less logistics to figure out because we wouldn't have a car. Mm. So we decided to do the ghost tour instead, which was really cool. But yeah, I finally I was like, oh, my God, can we like I tried to get our Lyft driver to divert and just drop us off at the cemetery. He was like, no, man, it's Sunday. They're closed. Like, isn't that like the Lord's Day? That's what I said. I was like, isn't that the day that people would want to go see? And he was like, no, it's like 530. They're all closed. Like. Weird, but that was my favorite part. I think about those gravesites all the time. So now I have to go back again just to look at the one we went to. And I'm sure everyone who's been to New Orleans probably knows the story. But allegedly, and I can't remember the one that Scott and I went to. I think it was the Lafayette something rather. Mm -hmm. But there's a black cat that lives on premises, and Scott got a bunch of pictures, as did everyone. But it has a funny name, and I can't fucking remember what it is. But it's very like on theme. And it's cute. And this is a dumb story because it's not as exciting as it would be if I knew the name. (laughs) But Google it. It's like, you know, something catchy like the Grim Reaper or something like or like Linger or Kitty or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. I like that, though. I didn't know that. So that's yeah, it's a good marker. Like I should Google it, but it's fine. We should go to New Orleans. I mean, just find the cat ourselves. He's always there. He's like a fucking collar on and he's just like black cat hanging out. I will. I'm allergic. I'm very allergic to cats but i will pat that cat pat, if it lets me pat I'll that pat cat y'all pat that cat. that's it's a, a new game cat. show oh my god <laughs> but for recommendations so i have a few because i finally like i actually sat down and thought about them so two podcasts endless honeymoon yeah it's so funny it is it's i look like a crazy person walking guyo because i'm audibly laughing they are so fucking funny and i didn't even fall in love with them with their netflix special like i I really i have always liked her Mm -hmm. she's been really funny for a long time such a fucking roast master yeah they're good together like they make me really happy because although some of their advice it's like a a a couple's advice sort of type thing and they talk about relationships or whatever but some of their advice i'm like you and this is coming from me who knows nothing, but like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe you should think about it from another way or like type into the Google search bar. Yeah. But overall, it's pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. They and because they roast the people that call yeah. in oh, too. So, so that good. adds a really great element. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really, they're just really silence great. on the other end of the call. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you not? Oh. You don't want a rebuttal? Okay. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, so that good. one, and then I've started listening to, like, unfortunately, I started listening to it while it was new, so I have to wait for new episodes, which mm-hmm. is the worst, but Broken, um, Epstein. So it's all about Jeffrey oh, Epstein and that I stuff. Know. So if you are just as confused as I am about all that that's going on, that's a great podcast. It's done by um, really talented journalists and they used the journalist i think like the co-creator is the journalist that like blew up the story from miami herald so really great scott has good theories about that oh, oh yeah I, have... I went to new mexico with scott by the way i kept saying we but he's gonna be annoyed was... if i don't say that anymore. yeah they're there still if you want some good conspiracies we should have him on the podcast because he will talk your ear off i love conspiracy theories unless it's about fucking flat earth i want to punch flat earthers in the face so much and i know couple of them and i love them dearly but i want to kill him <laughs> so fucking what are you is he about? a flat earther no oh my god god i was gonna pretend that i was but i don't even this is i don't even know honestly what you're talking about so it's fine okay good but <laughs> so yeah uh jeffrey epstein conspiracy conspiracy theories are like my jam right now but um also today is national like voter registration awareness day so i'm not gonna be political with it but i'm just gonna say Go make sure it. you're registered just yeah, make sure I got you're a registered thing in the mail and i told scott i was like the only thing i'm gonna start voting for is our district attorney because like that's so important that's your it's livelihood so complicated. i mean you're gonna get fucked if you go to jail regardless literally and mentally and economically but yeah. like you know i don't know do the right make the right choice is there a right choice there's mm-hmm. not well because when we all voted together last time i looked at some of the da's and i was like oh fuck i can't just vote straight ticket because no. some of these judges are... You stay out of it, man. Pretend it doesn't oh. exist and bury your head in the sand. Yeah, because otherwise you go down a rabbit hole and you realize that everything is awful and oh, yeah. we have Everyone's very little terrible. control and it's so scary. No, yeah. So I mean, get registered. But yeah, all I did to... I moved, obviously, because we talked about my house being haunted yes, last time. Yes, yes. Yeah, threw it back. Yeah. So I just... Uh, on the back of my voter registration card, I put my new address um, and then I made sure to update my driver's license to my new address on the DPS website. So as long as your voter registration card and your license address matches, you're good. So make sure you're registered. Super easy. You can do it online. So Summer of growth. Summer of growth. And then I have two more. One is a book. Look out. Audiobook, though, that I listen to. It's Rain Wilson, The Bassoon King. Oh, you would. I, it was phenomenal. And he actually, he's part of a religion called, um, next year. <laughs> oh, no. Kidding. It sounds like, the name sounds like it'd be super culty. It's like Bahrain, ba ba something. But it's basically that all religions are right like there is no there there well all religions are kind of wrong and there's only one god but they're not wrong basically i told brennan i was like you should look into this because i feel like this is how you believe not how i believe but that was a cool takeaway from the book but it was a really great book um his memoir whatever he's not dead yeah i was gonna say what he's not dead and then the last one is rob zombie three from hell yeah! oh so can we good. okay besides dedicating this episode to the summer of growth can we dedicate it yeah. to sid haig yeah rest in peace captain spaulding not, I actually not cried. all clowns just his just version this one of. yeah just this fucking clown mm. <laughs> super sad that movie was great and he was an old 
old sweet man in it. Yeah. But it was a great movie. And it really was. R.I.P. for sure. Like, as Rob Zombie fans who, like, I, you saw 31, right? Uh, I think I started it and fell asleep. It was like. Because it, yeah. it, was, it wasn't that great, especially with, like, the bar being set so high from um, Lords of Salem mm-hmm. I really loved. It just kind of dipped. And so I was really scared. And it was so good. So when it comes out on DVD, if you're a horror fan or a grindhouse do, okay. or a gore do fan. Do things still come out on DVD? This one is. It's not doing. They're not doing any more theater releases, so it's no, coming no, out I meant like literally. DVD. Isn't it like all digital now? Is, yeah. Are DVDs like a I thing like of still getting 2002? DVDs. I know. I yeah. was at your house party. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. It's probably an digital and DVD. It's like sometimes mid. I still have DVDs. Too. It's fine. Yeah, it's We're nice to look at. I barely watch them, but. You know, I see the SLC Punk DVD and I'm like, ah, I'm going to watch you again. There soon. was a DVD. We, we can totally cut this out. There was a DVD <laughs> and now Scott's going to kill me because I don't remember what it was. Was it called like uh, it has some girl on the back with like a knife and like it's like not I want to say memoir because we just said the word memoir. Massacre. Is it at my house? Yeah. Is it oh, Martyr? Martyr? Yeah. Martyrs. Have you not seen Martyrs? No. He said it's terrible and he it's was like great. embarrassed for you. No, no offense. But I think he thought it was okay. But also like, wow, I can't believe she has this. It's so like random. Yeah. I bought it from Blockbuster, I think. I think it was Blockbuster when it was closing down. But it's a really good like gore movie. Yeah. Which, I, I like it for no that. No wonder he didn't like it. I mean, I also like the Serbian film. So Who Scott doesn't, can go though? fuck himself. He loves that movie. That's the thing. Well, he's like into necrophilia, allegedly. I don't know. <laughs> I'm alive. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways. We're back, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> so that Sorry, concludes Scott. my yeah. recommendations. We're soups done with that part. Yeah. Cassie's first. Here yeah. we go. So... I wanted to come back with a big shablam. Um, I am. Is that the thing? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. I'm part of a couple of like true crime, like fan Facebook pages. I'm basically just a lurker. I laugh at most of the things, but sometimes there are um, articles that people will share. Like on the rare occasion, people actually talk about true crime and a true crime group. Oh, it's not just like a meme thing? Right, yeah. Which I'm also, I like memes, but... I like memes. I like memes. So I got this um, story from a post that was made in the uh, True Crime Junkie Facebook page, which I'm only a part of because someone said that you someone just... You qualify it. It's fine. Then. It's fine. Because I don't listen to that podcast. Me but neither. we will also be citing our sources. Ah, uh, yes. Because they got dragged through the fucking mud. Yeah. So... I mean, I'm sure they're probably fine. But, you know. Probably. Yeah. People got real mad, though. So, But when we used to put our, sh- our sources in yeah. the show notes, no one gave a goddamn shit. So can't even win but so this one um i took a screenshot of the article like five months ago it took me so long to find it in my pictures because it seemed like it was going to be so crazy and oh boy it is so today i'm going to tell you grace ford's story well not really her story but the way it ended grace ford grace ford okay so january 9th 2014 plano texas 1 38 p.m Mitch Ford receives a call from his fiance Melinda Munez. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I'll kind of refer to her mostly as Munez at this point. It's M U N I Z. Why don't you call her by her first name? I don't like the name Melinda. Melinda Munez Melinda. sounds like Frankie Munez. It does, but just call her, her Malcolm. Name's Munez. Malcolm in the middle. 
Um, okay. That she and Ford's two-year-old daughter, Grace, had just arrived back, um, back home at the apartment they all shared. Suddenly, during the phone call about 90 seconds in, Mitch hears Muniz's phone hit the ground and screaming. The worried father sprung into action. He immediately notified Plano PD and raced from his job at the Plano, um, at Mercedes-Benz Plano, to his home. Twelve minutes after his initial call with Melinda, Mitch arrives home at the same time as police. The front door is Twelve locked. minutes? Twelve minutes. For police? Okay. I mean, he called. I am assuming it took a couple minutes. Uh, a couple of reports said police and... took six minutes. Okay. But it was 12 minutes from when he Called to left. Arrival. Yeah. So right. I wasn't really sure on the time frame there. It's six to 12 minutes, I guess. So decent response time, I guess. <laughs> um, sure. So um, the front door is locked. Important. Mitch hmm. unlocks the door for police, but at that point is considered a sp- suspect. So he's not permitted entry into the home. A few minutes later, he sees his unconscious baby taken out of the apartment and into an ambulance. He cannot go with her. Shortly after, Melinda Munez is taken out of the apartment as well. He asks her if she's okay, but received no response. She was okay. She was also a murderer. Mm. So let's get a little backstory here. Turn of the page. So Mitch Ford <sighs> met Grace's mother. Emily Reeves, um, their senior year of high school in 2001. They dated for seven years um, all throughout his service in the U.S. Army. He was deployed the first time to Iraq in 2005, um, and then they married in 2009 before his second deployment. Um, But unfortunately, after his return home from combat, Ford developed an alcohol and prescription pill addiction, and the couple divorced. Shortly, it's a bummer, man. It is a bummer. And it's that's like, pretty common. And I'm really glad that in the articles I read, no one tried to throw this out yeah. as a, a character defamation no. because... I mean, he was in like prime time, like war bullshit. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like horrible moment to join the army, but... And still, I feel like before people were really recognizing that PTSD yeah. was a real epidemic. Yeah. And yeah. how people handled their individual issues with yeah. PTSD. So. so really awful. Yeah. Um, so shortly after the couple divorced, um, Emily finds out she's pregnant with Grace. They briefly reconciled and remarried for the health insurance. So ah, I was going to say that solves everything. Right. But so kind of. this <laughs> is to assume um, and this is important yeah. soon um, that Emily doesn't have health insurance. She maybe let's say works as a waitress, which is by no means an awful job, but it less stable benefits, than yeah. his setup. Mm-hmm. So Grace was born February 24th, 2011. <gasps> it's two days before my birthday. Uh. Make it about me. <laughs> so and by 2013, um, Mitch Ford received full custody of Grace. So that's why I mentioned Emily's employment. Maybe it was seen as a little less stable, a little so bit less. So when they went to get divorced, the court maybe sided with him because he had a full-time job. That's what I assume he because I found income, maybe. nothing about her Emily occupation being or anything like a that. A bad person. Yeah, yeah, nothing like that. So I think Especially it was literally if they, just if they cited that he had substance abuse issues and yet gave him right. custody, you know what I mean? That right. is telling. We don't really know the circumstances sure. and they're honestly not that important. She might have offered him custody because she knew that's true. They obviously cared about her well being through the pregnancy to make sure she had health insurance. So maybe yeah. it was just in you know 
benefit of the child. I don't know. It could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's important to know that Ford had full custody as well. So by September of 2012, Ford met 23-year-old at the time, Melinda Mindy Muniz. Woof. Yeah. See Triple why I'm M. saying Muniz because everything else is awful. Um, while they both worked at the Mercedes-Benz Plano. By January of 2013, they had moved in together into the apartment that Mitch had with his young daughter. By April, Muniz had quit her job and become Little Grace's primary caregiver. And then by December of 2013, the couple were engaged. So this brings us to January 8th of 2014, the night before Grace is murdered. Um, Mitch silences Melinda's phone while she slept so as not to wake her. Um, Mm. And that's when he found... So basically, from what I read from that, like, grabbed her phone. It was going off in the night. He oh, went to silence it. Got it. And I thought he, like, put it on silent for uh, no, no, nefarious no. reason. Curiosity maybe killed the cat. I don't know if he had her password or whatever. Um, but that's when he found nudes and sexy, like, striptease type videos that Baloney. she Baloney. S- he just went onto her phone. Come oh, no. On. They were found. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Si- oh, I silenced it. That's a fucking. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. He probably had some suspicions, maybe. That's not um, Because she had sent these photos and videos to her personal trainer. So. She he probably knew like, something oh, was he going on. Needed to know what I look like. <laughs> Duh, Mindy, Melinda. So the next morning, he ended their relationship. So I don't know if you might be thinking that that's a little rash. You know, you find some pictures and videos on your fiance's cell phone, and then you end it the next morning. So, well, okay, two seconds. Mm-hmm. Their relationship normal escalation of events you know you Mm -hmm. date for a few months you move in together a year later you're engaged it seems normal but i would like to know and maybe we'll never know maybe you do know and you'll tell me the the maybe instances that led him to maybe want to check her phone maybe he got the feeling she was cheating on him such and so forth but i think it was maybe you know i need this one thing so i have a complete confirmation that i need to end this that's what i think okay because there might have been prior issues um we'll talk about what happened that next that morning um that afternoon i guess january 9 2014 to grace but first her grandfather doug reeves told reporters that grace's grandfather grace's grandfather he had cause to fear for her safety long before that day so Grace began showing up to his home with injuries shortly after Muniz moved in. July of 2013, bruises were seen on her face and ear area. Um, and Muniz said, quote, oh, that's where Grace fell while playing. Doug felt it looked like someone had grabbed her by the face with their thumbs. Ugh. So at some, this was unclear why or who C- notified CPS, but CPS CPS was notified and the story they were given was that she was playing and she tripped and fell. Um, their notes said that it was consistent with a pinch, the the wounds that she had. I mean, back in the day, people yank kids by their ears. That was like super common. Right. So that's why this doesn't raise enough cause for investigation from CPS. Mm. So um, during this entire time, um, Emily had been battling to get custody of her daughter. So... Custody was awarded to Mitch. I don't know if it was because Muniz was in the picture and she was uncomfortable with another woman. I mean, Grace called Muniz mom sometimes. 
So I don't know if it was because she was uncomfortable with another woman raising her child, but Emily well, Emily's was dad trying was the to one that was saying, hey, I'm noticing my yeah. granddaughter with bruises. So maybe Emily was like, hey, this isn't safe. I need to exactly. get my daughter back. Yeah. So I threw that in there because mm-hmm. Emily was in the picture and she was trying to get her baby. Um, but remember, he had full custody. So she got like visitation. It had to have been a, a verbal agreement between the two of them of like, look, you have the money in the situation. Right. Allegedly, this is what's best for her. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, and the Muniz came into the picture relatively quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So in November of 2013, um, Grace actually overdosed on adult Benadryl and was hospitalized. But CPS couldn't determine where she got them. You know, it wasn't maybe it was an accident. The pills were left out on a table she had access to, and she's all foil ate all of and them. Like childproof. And yeah. hello, speaking of child, there's chi- children's Benadryl, right? You know, so that that is you know strike two. You know? Um, and then in December of 2013, relatives reported fingerprints on the tops of both of Grace's arms. Muniz explained that. She grabbed Grace to prevent her from falling on ice. And so that's where the marks came from. CPS said that they could find no evidence of physical abuse. So Doug Reeves, grandfather, um, actually wrote a letter himself to CPS. He says, quote, we told them verbally, hey, something bad is going to happen to Grace if you don't get her away from these people. Three CPS referrals in a year should have right. triggered in their system an investigation, but like, it What constitutes a, a, a tricky and, like, you know, Three. suspicious situation? Three is supposed to. And the system's that, like, failed. People lie about each other's spouses or right. ex-girlfriends, girlfriends. You know what I mean? People say shit to CPS workers because they're trying to be assholes and get someone in trouble. But, like... That's your job. Mm -hmm. And I know they can only do so much, but fuck, man. Well, the system was supposed to flag their case at three, but it just it it failed. It didn't Mm. do it. So it just kind of got lost in the system. Oh, classic. So maybe the text cheating was kind of Mitch's last straw. (sighs) Maybe. He testified the following. So all of the quotes, all of the names I give, this is all coming directly from court testimony. And I've got a lot of great material. Um, My main source was a Star Local Media article um, from the Plano Courier. It was written by Brittany Fagans. So this was where I got, she did a really in-depth day by day like play by play of the testimony Mm -hmm. the proceedings so this was a really great source um i used a few other sources and those are going to be in the show notes um but i definitely wanted to shout out her because the quotes i've read so far definitely came from her article um as does this so this is a quote from mitch quote as i was getting ready for work i let her being melinda know i found that found that stuff on her phone he testified Quote, it wasn't a big argument or anything. I said it wasn't going to work and called off the engagement. She was kind of unemotional, like it wasn't really a big deal. There wasn't a fight. I provided everything for her. I told her she had a week to move out. She could keep the engagement ring and sell it to... Um, I told her she had a week to move out. She could keep the engagement ring and sell it and keep the car to drive around and look for jobs. She didn't cry, didn't appear angry. Uh, Mitch said he then left for work around 11.45 a.m. and immediately began the search for nanny or daycare for his daughter. So Melinda Muniz took this information in, 
And at 11.55, she texted Mitch, quote, I love you so much. <laughs> at 12.17 p.m., he responded, quote, so when do you want to move out? By 12.45 p.m., Melinda and Grace arrived at a nearby Dollar Tree. Uh, Muniz pushed Grace around in a cart, and at 12.56, they purchased the following items. Duct tape, oh my God. kitchen shears, nylon cable ties, and cotton swabs. This brings us to approximately 1.50 p.m., so almost an hour later is the next jump in our timeline. Mitch Ford and officers are at the apartment door. Officers David Waddell, Antonio Arandondo, and Camille Bowie. Um, and then this is testimony. I did that thing where I'm like, read this quote. That's written interesting. In like the the three off. It's three officers. You know, yep. maybe two of them were partners or whatever on patrol. But like for three, I guess they get a you know distressing call from a father. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is what I heard on the other end of the phone. But like, I don't know. That's pretty. I think it's a good thing. I think so too because you know? I think these officers did a fantastic job, especially with their initial assessments, mm-hmm. everything. So this is a quote from Officer Waddell. When I realized the door was locked, I realized the bad guy was still in that apartment. Waddell said, testifying that he asked Ford to unlock the door so officers could enter with weapons drawn. Quote, I saw a female lying on the living room floor, two bar stools knocked down on the right-hand side, and a red chair turned over on the side where the female's feet were. The female was lying on the rug in front of the couch, right next to an overturned coffee table, face down. Her pants and underwear were pulled around her ankles, and she had duct tape on her mouth. As the other officers cleared the apartment, Waddell testified that he rolled Munez onto her back, removed the duct tape from her mouth, and noticed that her eyes were twitching, quote, like she was trying to keep her eyes closed. When the duct tape was removed, Munez yelled, get him out of here, um, and described the intruder as a white male wearing a black jacket and boots. Waddell said Muniz told him she was punched in the face multiple times with a closed fist, but that he noticed but he noticed no swelling or injuries consistent with that type of attack. So closed, officer closed fist is a little specific. A little specific. Officer Bowie testified that Muniz then like totally fake fainted. Bowie said it didn't feel genuine. She gently fell to the floor. Her eyes were fluttering the whole time um, while being closed. So it was clearly a show, in her opinion. Um, Muniz's story, the first story, she told to Officer Bowie. She said she was on the way with Grace to get her ring resized, but oops, left it at home. After they got back to the apartment and locked the door, an intruder entered. He forced her down, raped her, and punched her several times in the face. Officer Bowie said that there was no real duress or emotion in her face while she was giving this initial testimony. Meanwhile, Officer Arandando goes to look for baby Grace. Hmm. He finds the little blonde two-year-old face down in her crib slash bed, wasn't sure which, He rolled her over, removed the duct tape that had been secured firmly to her mouth, and began chest compressions as her lids and eyelids were turning color and she had no pulse. 
Shortly after, uh, Chris Rainey with Plano Fire Rescue prepared an IV. They arrived. Fire Rescue arrived Mm -hmm. shortly after. um, And he prepared an IV and pumped two rounds of epinephrine to restart Grace's heart. He and his team also took over CPR. They arrived at the med center of Plano at 2.07 p.m. And Grace remained unresponsive the entire eight minutes that they were with her. She was given another dose um, of the epinephrine and intubated, and at that point, her heart started. Um, Staff at the medical center went to insert a catheter and noticed bruising, tears, and blood in her vaginal region. Fuck off. As if she had been sexually assaulted. Grace's CAT scan revealed swelling of the brain and a V-shaped bruise on her back. Grace was later declared brain dead and died three days after her initial finding by police on January 12th, 2014. Jesus Christ. So she was not dead when police found her. No. Cause of death? Kind of. Kind of. She was about three quarters dead. Yeah. The cause of death was homicidal violence, including suffocation. So a few days after Grace's death, her father, Mitch Ford, met with Muniz at a Razu's Cajun Cafe in McKinney. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Sorry. And it, I, I will say that he was um, taken, he was kind of like booked in, questioned, and you then immediately to. released. You have to. And then he spent the next three days with his daughter. Yeah. Um, the first night he slept in his car, the next couple nights he slept in the hospital room with her. So, wow. you know, it's not like he was going immediately to Muniz. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was with his child. I was laughing at Razu's. No, I know. Razu's is like, okay, of all places. Ew. <laughs> um, so Muniz didn't recognize him and said that she had amnesia. This is story number two. This girl is too much. Mm-hmm. So now... Um, Muniz had been examined by now. Muniz had been examined by a nurse pr- practitioner, uh, Deborah Davis. Deborah said, about? quote, other than verbalizing tenderness, I saw nothing to indicate any sexual assault. So she had no injuries. Let me pause you. Remember that case that I covered with Cedric Owens, the woman that killed him also claimed that she was raped. And the doctor said it's actually common to not find any tearing any Mm -hmm. damage despite rape occurring yes deborah davis in her testimony in her court testimony did make sure to say that just because there were no injuries doesn't mean there wasn't sexual assault but she didn't see any obvious signs of sexual or defensive wounds exactly of a violent rape as what was described she didn't see external injuries and this was right after right after okay so this was yeah did all the proper okay so a january 9th so same day the Mm -hmm. crime happened search warrant um, uncovered the aforementioned nudes and videos on Muniz's phone, so they did exist. And two laptops were also collected. One MacBook had search words, so basically they did a they they keyed oh, in, girl. searched some words. They you know keywords like um, Casey Anthony, <laughs> basically. And the two words that pinged and had uh, articles that were looked at because of those words uh-huh. were duct tape and kill. So that doesn't look good. Um, defense would later argue that anyone could have used those laptops. How? How? What's? How do you base? What? Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure, man. So after investigation of Muniz's story on January twenty eighth, Melinda Muniz was arrested and charged with capital murder. 
This is where story number three comes into play. Melissa or Melinda Muniz told detectives that she, quote, freaked out when she found Grace Ford unconscious in bed, her mouth covered in duct tape. In this version of events, Muniz said that she had purchased duct tape, scissors, zip ties, and cotton swabs from Dollar Tree for an arts and crafts project. As she began cleaning, she said Grace must have gotten scared thinking Muniz was about to vacuum, so she ran to her bedroom and taped her mouth. Like a dog gets scared of a vacuum. Right. Because kids know what zip ties are and equate them to vacuums. Right. Right, exactly. Detective Chris Jones, um, who, so this is in the initial booking questioning. Mm-hmm. Once she is arrested on the that 28th, whatever that day. They re-interviewing yes. and all that stuff. So Detective Chris Jones is one of the detectives, um, Interviewing her, mm-hmm. he confronted Muniz, who sobbed as she told him she didn't hear Grace anymore, so she went to check on the child and then found her unconscious. Quote, I know I did the wrong thing. I could have helped her. She was lying there. She put tape on her mouth. I think she got scared. I thought she was sleeping. What? Muniz then admitted she staged the home invasion and sexual assault to cover up what she considered a horrible accident. Yeah, we know. So all of that was a direct quote from the article, from Brittany Fagan's article, just so I don't get fucking dragged through the mall. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you. Um, Muniz also explained that she donned gloves and partially removed the duct tape from Grace's mouth to see if she was okay. When it was clear Grace wasn't breathing, she panicked and put the tape back on. Then as Grace lay unconscious, she gathered the scissors, zip ties, and duct tape and disposed of them in a dumpster across the parking lot. This is what she told Chris Jones. This is what she told investigators once she had been booked in. Gotcha. So Detective Jones and another Detective Busby um, gave testimony of their interview. They caught her in her lies. Um, They maintain, she maintained that it was all an accident and they, uh, and that she panicked and tried to cover it up so Mitch wouldn't be mad. Yeah, which time? Right. Um, and they did a lot of good cop, bad cop. They did really good work. I think during this interview, I just don't want to get into all of it because we know this bitch fucking lying. Yeah, there is no good cop, bad cop. She, it it was very apparent. Oh, yeah. She didn't need help. No. So she was brought to trial January 27th, 2015. She had a jury of six men and eight women. Um, the prosecutor was Zeke Fortenberry and her defense attorney was Robert McClung. And some key points that happened during this two-week trial. Um, Prosecution brought up that at the age of two or three, children breathe out of both their mouth and nose. And Grace could have easily removed tape herself. They, in fact, showed a video that had been taken just a month prior at Christmas time of Grace easily opening up presents by herself. Mm -hmm. The V-print. Some medical examiners said that that V-print seemed to match the kitchen shears oh i was gonna say a shoe or an iron or something it would have been the kitchen shears that she purchased um they were consistent with that shape so she put them on her and like stomped or Mm, something um held down pressed down i mean yeah she's a child you really don't have to do too much much. damage yeah whoa there was no dna evidence um because like muna says she was wearing gloves 
Um, the zip ties, you might wonder, those weren't really mentioned. Well, a zip tie was found um, in the bedroom that it seems uh. Muniz forgot to clean up. She was trying to fashion baby handcuffs. So that's what the zip ties were intended for. Um, Grace's sexual assault yeah. was kind of deemed inconclusive. Um, medical examiners seem to be split. Some of them said, I believe this that she was sexually assaulted. Others said that it could be um, from potty training. It could be from playing. These wounds aren't necessarily indicative of forcible entry of a fucking two-year-old toddler. Well, and just in that statement alone, it's a two-year-old child. Mm -hmm. It isn't going to be fully developed. It's going to be more susceptible to injury. I think so. So Yeah. You could digitally do something you could stick a fucking remote up there not Mm -hmm. to be gross but it doesn't take much i'm assuming yeah don't quote me on it right right so i wanted to throw that in there because that was an awful 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 tidbit it's disgusting that is still kind of up in the air exactly um dna analysis was done like i said there was really no nothing but their own exactly there was no other there yeah. was also a neighbor that was questioned. It was the neighbor directly below the apartment. I wrote that down. Yeah. She said right around one ten, she heard a couple of loud thuds above her, mm. and she kind of expected that someone was moving in or out. Yeah. And so she looked out the window at some point, expecting to see a moving van, didn't. And then the next thing she saw out the window was Grace being taken into an ambulance. So these loud thuds, we can assume, are or Melinda her head in. or Mel- yeah, Melinda bashing her own head in with a pan Ugh. and flipping over some furniture because yeah, moments the shit later, was destroyed. yeah, she's off the phone with her boy, her ex fiance, and then moments later, police arrive. So that kind of lines up with that timeline. Before I forget, and it's not going to interject too much, mm-hmm. the phone. She, you said she dropped the phone. Did she? let it keep you know it was it still recording the call or did she he hung up, up to call 911 up. okay well i right. don't know how, for how long he was like hey are you still there or whatever yeah but, the phone call was 90 ugh. seconds it, he heard the scream and then pretty much sprung into action so the scene it was also noted by the initial officers um that the scene looked faked for sure everything looked placed meticulously mm-hmm. not at random exactly items where her body were like the phone the phone should have been in a certain spot Mm -hmm. if she was bashed in the head and attacked it was somewhere completely like across the room in the opposite direction of where it would have been thrown because her body was thrown so totally inconsistent it's like on gone girl where they they show like if you flip this over this tv is going to fall down and shatter because of just inadvertent force within the room yeah things are going to fall and break and it didn't but if you're staging something you don't know that shit yeah um so officer or detective busby said quote i believe grace sat down to take her shoes off the defendant grabbed her dragged her to the bedroom, suffocated her, and then staged the scene. I think she intended to get rid of the zip ties, but left one, which we found. And then the scenario indicates that Muniz suffocated Grace prior to putting the duct tape across the child's mouth. Because she probably thought the classic thing of like, oh, she's she's dead. I strangled mm-hmm. her. And it's also to have consistency with her story. You know, she's found duck with a duct tape right. mouth. She's found sexually assaulted. So assuming she maybe she did, it's, let's say, digitally sexually assault mm-hmm. Grace, that would be consistent. And we'll talk about that in 
questions and theories but so she what had already that? suffocated the baby before right. she put the duct tape on her mouth when it's just so dumb because it's like what i mean there might be but like what perpetrator goes in to burglarize what have you and rape a woman and then also do the exact same thing to a child that's what that's just like not common that's part of text uh questions and theories brennan uh, we'll talk about that yeah, yeah. sorry i just was no, like that's no no so exactly um muniz did not take the stand and what? as this trial happened a year almost to the date, yeah, like, uh, it was pretty close to a year after she was arrested. She was arrested. Um, so she had given birth <gasps> while incarcerated to a baby Shut boy up. who she lost custody to. Personal trainer. To Mitch. Nope. Oh, it was Mitch's child. Fuck. Yep. So she had been pregnant during all of this as well with his baby. Oh, I bet she wanted to kill Grace and keep that one. I'm forever attached to you. Maybe. So defense, their argument was that this was all an accident. Um, they went with her very last story of the crafts and Grace putting the tape on herself. The jury took 45 minutes to deliberate Yeesh. and they returned with a guilty verdict. And she was sentenced. Uh, Melinda was sentenced to life without possibility of parole. The last thing I could find on this was an appeal that happened in 2018, which was denied. The basis of the appeal was there not being enough evidence to convict. Struck that shit down. Grace Lillian Ford was born February 24th, 2011. Lillian, I love that. I know. She was two years old when she was murdered. She's buried in Allen, Texas. She loved Mickey Mouse, Pink, and to sing. Grace would be eight years old today and would have just recently started third grade. So questions and theories. Um, when I told Brennan about this case yesterday, his first question was, do you think the dad was in on this and staged it? Nope. I do not. I told him he had an alibi. He was at work with other humans. It's mm -hmm. not, and I told Brennan, it's not like he worked on some rig by himself or yeah. he was a land surveyor like me, a beer rep. Right. By herself all day. He was a, he on was the road with people. or something. Yeah. yeah. So he had an alibi. Um, it seemed like yeah. he genuinely cared about the kid. It did, especially since there was no signs was of abuse before. Right. Before Muniz moved she in. came into the picture right. and it seemed like he didn't want to put up with her shit. And, and it seems to me like maybe. So, you know, the, the grandfather is obviously just, like, not at all blinded by love, blinded by affections for this woman. So he's right. looking at this, and he's like, that's bullshit. But maybe yeah. Mitch was, oh, okay, you fell. She she was yeah. falling, and you grabbed her, and that's where the bruises and come she from. She was like, taking care of her. It wasn't like it right. started right off the bat. It was intermittent. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It could it could have been accidents. You can't prove otherwise. You weren't right. there. Maybe. Grace isn't being like, hey, Dad, she fucked me up. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, it's suspicious just because you'd think if she's this malicious in before he breaks up with her, you know what I mean? It's not like it was a one time thing where he's she's like, oh, he's going to break up with me. Well, I'll take your child from you. I it think was before my that. big theory is that she has like some narcissism and she has crazy anger issues. Yeah. I think she was mistreating grace but i don't think it was necessarily to get back at intentional him. yeah i think it was 
you know, your baby's fucking outlet. crying. I'm going to yeah, grab her by the arms. Sure. You know, like, yeah. I, I think she had outbursts of anger. I think she I acted think impulsively. Honestly, the most common thing with, like, that type of physical abuse is that you yeah. are an angry person and you have no patience and you don't know how to treat yeah. kids. And it's not like, I'm going to go find a kid to fuck up. I'm yep. just mad at I, everything. I think she was a good swindler. And I think Mitch believed her. Yeah. But I think he also kind of probably had doubts, which is why it took um, one known instance of textual cheating not mm-hmm. even known physical cheating for him to call it quits with yeah. a woman that he had been engaged to so i think he had known and i think there were little ticks that were happening that he was like okay this is the last straw i'm not gonna put up with this anymore yeah um we already kind of covered this so why what the fuck is her motivation was it a, a jealous rage anger revenge i think all of the above did they did they talk to any past boyfriends or relationships or her family Not that i could read her I family mean, there's probably um, something in her, her history. mom seemed to think that she pretty much did it and she told her the no one's gonna believe this craft stories you just need to own up to door it. was locked so like, i think she had a shitty i think she had a known anger problem yeah maybe this is all speculation but i think this was a revenge she was angry you know, he that said that it, she was weirdly calm. Well, well, she has no emotions, obviously, right. besides anger. Right. She was weirdly calm when he broke up with her. And her next steps, less than an hour later, were to go buy the supplies to murder his child. The On child camera, that she was the caretaker it's for. It's like, are you that ballsy or mm-hmm. are you that stupid? I think it's that stupid. I think it's that blind impulse well, yeah, and her, rage. All of her stories, they didn't match up. They were all, I'll let you finish. But I mean, mm-hmm. she's not smart. No. No, like, the, not at all. Which is, I don't think this is premeditated, which is why <sighs> she did not get death. about before? The Benadryl thing makes me think that was the first maybe. supposed attempt. Maybe. It just can't be proved. I mean, I guess that's what her whole defense is based on, which exactly. I literally wrote down. I thought that this last story might have been from her lawyer being like, hey, we're just going to twist it this way, see what Could happens. Could be, honestly, because... That's a reach. Cotton man. swabs are a weird purchase. You won't need those to murder somebody, but you Ooh. will need them for crafts. But you're right. There's no paint. There's no like crayon. Oh, right. Like, what, what are you making with How did with the guy duct lock tape? the door? Did she miraculously get up after she was knocked out and raped and went and locked the door just in case he comes back? Right. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. It, it just, it made no sense. So I oh, think it was a dingus. blind rage, you know, fuck you. You're going to break up with me. Well, I'm going to hurt you as was much as you Was she angry with me. him? Yes. Okay. I think so. Like, but did he mention that at any point of like, we argued a lot or she nope. was physically violent with me nope. despite whatever? Not at all. Didn't mention that. How do you bury that kind of anger? Usually people with anger problems, it's pretty apparent. I think you know so. What I mean? At some point in time. But I think there were little signs, you know, with. Yeah, with Grace. Grace. That no one else was around for. Exactly. How do you. Oh, that's so unfortunate, man. Blind trust, blind, you know. And then uh, my last one, did she? Oh, yeah, obviously she staged it. Um, But there was something you asked with the. uh, So, yeah. So another point I I brought up to Britton because he was like, oh, man, are you sure the father wasn't involved? And, you know, well, what if what if there was a rapist? What if blah, blah, blah? I was like, rapists do not cross over into other demographics. They have mostly very specific um, genders and age ranges and sometimes even characteristics that mm-hmm. they go after. So 
100% you're not going to jump from a 25-year-old woman, yeah. 24, 25, to a two-year-old. That Most just doesn't likely, happen. There might be maybe a very small one percentage. one person, but... It's usually you maybe put the kid in the other room or mm-hmm. you uh, incapacitate them so they're not noisy. Right. But I mean, look at BTK. Look at JJ D'Angelo. They don't... They leave the kids out of it. They you know what I mean? The like, they leave them in the other room or they just make it, like... It's Except for BTK's first one where well, he jizzed yeah, all over the body. I mean, that's <laughs> absolutely horrific. But you know what I'm saying. Like, right, yes. Half no, the time, yeah. it's one victim focus and they don't yeah. care about anything else. Exactly. They're and not so going to go on a rape spree of all the children in the room. She should have Googled something different. Than <laughs> How to get away tape. with murder, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so I think there aren't many questions and theories. The only real theory or question is what... What is the motive? Like, Brennan had real trouble. Just This is why we talked about it for so long. Mm-hmm. He had real trouble wrapping his head around someone just doing this. He was like, well, there has to be a reason. What was it? And I was like, there is no reason. She was angry. Did she he- was angry and psychotic. <sighs> and she wanted to hurt him in a way that he could never recover from because he had the gall to break up with her. Perhaps. And I think it's more more commonly seen at least we hear about you know the woman scorned or what have you but that's Mm -hmm. usually taken out on the man literally physically whatever this is more common with men doing that to get back at the woman right take your kids take what's most precious and meaningful to you yep um so i think this is like a weird maybe conundrum because of the gender gender misplacement kind of of the Situation, but I think we won't really know unless someone does some sort of like psychological evaluation of her and she yeah. wants to talk, which she's great at talking, but not about the truth. Not no, which is strange because if she's such a bitchy, narcissist, anger person, you think that their feelings would come out. She would have come out with the truth, which is like, is this all a joke to her? Is this like, I don't fucking care. I'm mad at whatever for whatever reason. So I'm going to tell you whatever version I feel like. Well, are there different types of narcissists my... that wouldn't want to sully their, their, like they feel godlike, so they wouldn't want to sully their own image? Maybe, but I feel like they would, I don't know, but I feel like they would want to make it sound more plausible and like not so, but also if they're that bold, do they really care about the facts of what they're spewing? Right. Does it does it matter if it makes sense or not to them? I, I know there are cases <laughs> that we've definitely heard about, like, especially like I can think of one because I can hear Marcus Parks talking about it. I just can't think of which one, but where they're just they're spinning this story that to them is like, yeah, this mm-hmm. makes sense. This is I'm brilliant. I'm everything. But in reality, it's all mumble jumbled and nobody's fucking buying it because they're just too stupid to be a mastermind exactly well and then it's like they could be totally narcissistic but they could also just be not smart yeah you know and think that it's fine like this is believable right and like maybe Mm -hmm. they're just like really delusional and it has nothing to do with like an internal self-esteem it's really just like it's i'm gonna be on camera and i'm gonna get rid of her and everyone's gonna believe that i got raped because everyone believes the victim and it's Mm -hmm. fine and it's shit like this that makes actual rape victims not be not want to tell their story because people i don't think this situation falls in that category this is a little ridiculous right well (laughs) and and which is why i think this was a blind rage and she was just kind of like she was so going with it as she you know like not step by step but just like well I'm finding myself here I'm finding myself with this in my hand I'm finding myself it wasn't thought out at all 
I mean, an hour in a dollar store, that's a long time to where you're like, it doesn't matter if they find semen or not, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay that we, she could have taken Just off the tape, stewing right? stewing about it's, it, stewing about it, grab the scissors, yeah. stewing about it, grab the tape, you Who, know? Like, why would she put scissors on top of Oh, and it wasn't an hour. It was a, It was 10 minutes. Oh, I guess the time frame from leaving. But it was an hour from him leaving. So, but still, and also her story, her initial story, very first story, her very first fucking plan. He broke up with me this morning. I'm gonna go get my. I'm gonna go get my ring resized. I literally that was the second thing Mm -hmm. I wrote down. Mm -hmm. I left the ring at home, but I'm this momentous thing just happened in my life. Right, it's fine. Right. Yeah, so that she should have said, "I'm gonna go get my get-go. ring changed into a pair of studs or, I'm or a go necklace." Pawn it, right? Because I need money now. You know, like I want to know more about her history. Not that it matters, but it would mm-hmm. make more sense. It would connect some dots in the f- sense of why she is yep. the way she is. And that's why I almost didn't do this one because there was only infer- until I found Brittany Figgins' article, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do it anymore because I was like, there's just not enough information. There's like, hey, this horrible thing happened. Right. Here we go. But with her step by step, I was able to kind of make a story out uh, of it. Yeah. There was eight stories. This girl's yeah. fucking nuts. But, they, but we don't, at this moment, at least from what I could find, know much about her past know about the why yeah because the why is the big question mark like i think that how is blind rage well how is still up for debate because we're not getting the full truth well she definitely suppressed grace's breathing face down in her bed yeah i guess like i don't know the how did she actually you know rape her did she actually did she actually incapacitate yeah. did she hit her over the head did she actually strangle there her there was she, brain swelling so yeah exactly how did yeah. she do that though you know like there's yeah. still missing pieces within the general idea mm-hmm. i just man you'd think if you're creative enough to come up with something like that it would be better but i guess whatever uh-huh. i'm glad it's not creative because she may have gone free and blamed it on the boyfriend maybe yeah i'm glad Where's it didn't go emily that what does she have to say she said that it's in a in a quote that I don't have in front of me. Um, so loosely, she said that, you know, she's glad that justice is served and they got her put away for it. And it's been a really, really hard year for her family, but they've become closer through it. And she's just glad that this part of it's all over. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, that's what you can say. You can't be mad forever. Yeah. I want to know, not that... <laughs> The death penalty solves everything. But I would like to know, because she was a woman, if it was a man killing a child in this manner, you would think that the death penalty would be on the table for capital punishment. Obviously, that's what it semi-entails. Did they not offer it up because the evidence was still a bit iffy or undetermined and they didn't know if the jury would go for it or not? Maybe. My thought was because there was no premeditation. I st- you could spin that Benadryl story. You could spin every yeah. CPS call into, a f- if you are a good enough prosecutor, you could do that. What should have happened is kind of like with one of the mass shooters, like the, you know, tell, see something, say something. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, you have to do that. You have to do that. And it's uh, one of these mass shooters recently. I can't remember. People did see yeah. something, say something. And it still these doesn't get These family normal. members did report yeah. what they saw to the CPS and it still didn't happen. Yeah. So if all of that had happened, maybe Grace would still be alive and I'm sure that's something that their family wrestles with every single day and tries not to have harbor anger yeah, over, but the, it's just, there were 
processes in place that should have taken this well, as, child out of this woman's care. As far as the prosecutor could go with spinning those CPS examples as a negative for pre or a, a, this is an instance of premeditation. Defense, defense attorney could have been like, well, they didn't act on it. Yep. And who knows? She was did, obviously did seen as a loving, really caring. A exactly. Mm-hmm. There's always a million sides. Yeah. So. so I'm glad. I think the jury made the right move i think 45 minutes is a little too long <laughs> i think it's pretty obvious what happened in this case she was yeah. in a blind crazy psychopathic like but yet sociopathic rage yeah. about him leaving her and decided to take it out on his little daughter and i've know i said this a million times and i think i said it to the other night i'm usually always on the side of at least this child is removed from the situation as terrible as it is at least yeah. the child is not living through that day by day still to this day causing more trauma but it's one this is a weird instance of that like usually it's because the parent is dating someone or married to someone that they want to keep in their life no matter what happens to the kid or they're not aware of it and it's like i don't think this guy was a perpetually bad dater <laughs> like no. i don't think he really even knew it wasn't that he was oblivious i think she was good at hiding it yeah and was a true uh, some sort of psychopath i don't know yeah and that's what i don't know i don't think yeah. that it, it really it she could have had a good life is she oh 100 yeah. and i think he was he had taken those steps and someone asked him um i think prosecution or the defense one of them asked him why he didn't why he left grace in melinda's care after he had broken up with her and he said he didn't want to change her routine like that that was her routine that was her normal grace he didn't yeah, yeah. graces he didn't want to just he turn her, her world yeah. upside down you know, wake up one more. We went well, to bed and, and mommy and daddy are together. Those signs when she isn't when you're truly, oblivious to it or, or blind when she or tricked. Show when you're not okay. The male when when we hear about it the most, it's always the course of control coming from the male, and they are literally brainwashed. The mm-hmm. women are. This. Granted, we don't really know, but it doesn't seem like it's a complete role reversal. She seemed very subdued based on what he's been saying. It's not mm-hmm. like they've had this traumatic, crazy, volatile right. relationship. So it's like, why yeah, would I take did. her out we of her, know. you know, custody? She right. never appeared angry with me, angry with Grace. It never really seemed like that. So mm. he, of course, he's not going to change anything because it wasn't, he. the immediate threat wasn't in his mind. It's like that woman one of us covered who her husband... yeah murdered their two kids and she she listened to it on the phone she had no reason to ever think that he would hurt their children she thought that he would kill her before that yeah and you just you don't know which is so scary yeah but it's it's a little less scary because on the other end of things her maternal grandparents her mom they wanted her mm-hmm. out of that woman's care. So other people saw them. So he was under her spell. Blind Love is blind mm-hmm. sometimes. You don't see obvious red flags. And you just want to believe this person that I don't know what he looks like. She, she's beautiful. She's oh, hot 23 as fuck. I don't know what he looks like. I, I saw a picture. I don't think it was him. I think it was just the caption said his name. Mm-hmm. So I wanna, I'm going to find a picture of him. So... He might be a great looking dude, just like she is, like or he Mitch might. Ford is probably decent looking yeah. at some point in time. But let's say he's a <laughs> schmuck and yeah. he's got this woman that's fucking 
cuckoo bananas yeah yeah, but out of his league and so that also i'm sure puts more of a spell onto men Mm -hmm. it it puts a spell onto women when a really great looking guy is giving them that attention they'll stay in an abusive relationship relationship seemed normal like i said it wasn't this shotgun let's get hitched you're moving in it seemed normal basic normal like adult steps of relationship yeah which is even like I, we said, it's scarier because it is very incognito, you know? Yeah. Really fucking Eey. awful. Yeah. That's a really scary type of woman, man. It is. I would rather them be in your face and like terrifying than mm-hmm. not because women fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> fucking black widows. <laughs> so, yeah. Rest Dang. in peace, oh Grace. God. Awful, awful, awful way for her short little life to end. And, and fuck you melinda munez fuck melinda well, munez mindy? melinda mindy fuck you mindy Eesh. fucking gross <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine though melinda mindy munez and mitch oh his last name wasn't gonna be an m never mind who she knows probably she, she would have made him take it maybe she would have made yeah, him take it <laughs> ew yeah mm-hmm. all right me next yay um yeah i didn't have time to finish mine because i fucked up big time but it's fine (laughs) um so i'm gonna talk about the case of melanie goodwin um i already told you but i will tell you guys i have always been really interested in her uh murder it's a lot of the same kind of how questions that we had with uh melinda right unfortunately Unfortunately. (laughs) um or we had how questions with melinda but this one is more of like the why similar with melinda actually but um it's very straightforward to a certain extent there's a lot of video footage so it makes it pretty easy but it's such a terrible and uh very random crime that it's makes it pretty eerie in my opinion um I had forgotten, actually, that this took place in Texas. We actually got a... Uh, I had to go back on our Facebook messages that we've received. Um, but it was recommended to us on Christmas Day of 2018, evidently. Huh. And I knew that I had heard of it, but I just never thought that it was in Texas for whatever reason. I thought it was like Maryland or something. Sorry, Maryland, but, you know, <laughs> or Baltimore, whatever. Um, yeah, so Tony was our listener. If you're still listening, probably not. But thanks. For, we probably uh, lost everyone. I know. <laughs> In our four months sabbatical. Is sabbatical a, re- a religious thing? No. Or does that just mean break? What are you talking? Why does it sound Jewish? It sounds like Sabbath. There you go. It's not. Okay. You're there. You go. <laughs> Maybe think it was. Okay. Just making sure because I, I keep saying the word sabbatical and I don't want to indoctrinate myself. Is that also a thing? Shut up. <laughs> Welcome back to Texas 1031. <laughs> I'm your host, Anna. Shut up. Shut up. I'm not I'm not the one questioning your vocabulary. All okay. right. I'm sorry. Melanie's story. So, okay. Another reason why, again, I already told you, but I'm telling y'all, um, tomorrow, aka probably when you're listening oh, to this, yeah. it's going to be 12 years since this happened. So I was like, all right, I got to go. I have to come back and do this. I had a big issue with what case to choose. So I'm glad that I'm doing this one. Yeah. Hopefully I don't fuck it up too bad. 
Um, all right. So September 20th. Well, too late. September 25th, 2007, uh, 911 operators would receive a call stating that a body was found in a ditch near the trans text or trans text, not text, but just like Texas, like shortening it. Do you know what I mean? It's hard to say trans text without it. it sounding like you're texting, you but just it's over explains. So I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It was funny. All right. <laughs> Should I start over? Or, nope. You know, like it. Cold open. I don't like anything about myself. Uh, so it's a software company. It's not a transgender thing in Texas. I don't know. It's a parking lot. All right. Uh, for that company. Here. Let me just not exist. Um, all right. Incoming reports would explain that the body was female uh, and it had clearly been lit on fire at some point oh yeah um so her remains were completely charred they really only knew that um it was a female because of her long hair which is kind of um i don't know just a generalization but whatever um and then her nails appeared to be like the french tip Mm. acrylic style i've been there it's fine very 2007 very 2007 i definitely did that yeah there were kind of like questions. This is kind of weird. So there were questions thrown around if the person had actually been a victim of um, a serial killer due to the positioning of the body. And I know that I made my statement of that. I'm not going to go all psychological on you, but I wanted to ask this because it could be interesting. Okay. So some assumptions were that she um, looked very posed and because her legs were laid out and like pointing to the parking lot and they were like bent in a weird way. And I guess that appeared interesting slash unusual to like the ritualistic almost yeah which okay because i studied it there's a difference between posing and staging okay. so staging is to misdirect the investigation from what actually happened or who might have perpetrated something but posing is like you said more not necessarily obviously ritualistic but in the killer's mind most likely they're doing it, it could for be something a gratification subtle. of subtle okay. it could be for shock value it could be for their own personal reasoning that no one will ever know why mm-hmm. but it's usually very not maybe off the bat obvious but if there are multiples which is common posing in serial killings that's how you know it's a signature of some sort you know yeah okay um so i thought that was interesting because i was like well what the fuck else was happening in carol oh this is in carrollton bt dubs um <laughs> we said that in the opening did we yeah, yeah we did we did right Hold uh, up. i don't even know what's happening um so i thought that was interesting because it's like what other cases have they casually found burned females posed weird in right. a ditch elsewhere or were they just kind of like mental note if we find another victim like this it's a right. serial cut like but yeah also, like, super weird i remember one of our first episodes we did uh jonathan foster he was lit on fire and dumped in a ditch mm-hmm. no did they think that was a serial killer nope no they went straight to the right is it lover lady but i mean you <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the uh, but you think about it like if you based on how she was placed down, it's if the body is dead, rigor mortis immediately starts setting in. You're yeah. you're not going to be all flimsy flamsy. Yeah. So you might be stuck in a certain position. Right. It may not have even been intentional. So that's why did her legs being bent up towards the parking lot mean anything? Yeah. Was it just because it was, oh, a burned body, like so horrific? I don't know. Maybe. That isn't. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if there was what also was going some on? kind of activity like yeah. that. Um, I just thought it was kind of a weird place to like jump off of like immediately. Um. So the biggest help in this case, um, there was actually surveillance footage. So 
in almost every scenario. Wow. Well, it was a trans tech software company. <laughs> oh, God. Not just exclusively for transgendered folks. No, no, no. To be All clear. the Texas people, too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a big building, I guess. They had surveillance footage and it worked. And it's shocking because there's gas station footage, which that never happens. It's usually a fake setup anyway. Um, so, yeah. So when um, within an hour of the body being discovered, the investigators were viewing a person driving a red Saturn to the parking lot of the software company, dragging a body out of the car, returning to the car with something in their hand or excuse me, returning to the car, leaving the car again with something in their hand. And then all of a sudden there's the flash of light. And this is kind of the assumed moment when um, her body was lit on fire. Jesus. So I kind of was like. If it was a staged situation, it would be more likely that she was burned elsewhere and then placed there. But I mean, right. he just burned her right there. It was so it wasn't she like visible, it, like moving around when no, she's still alive. No. Okay, so he Luckily, just burned her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. It's, Why that parking lot? Was it in, in a remote <laughs> area? Um, I'm not entirely certain. Yeah, it's. I mean. This guy is. I mean, you think like that type of company kind of screams industrial park to me. Right. So that's maybe what, it was. what I kind of thought of too. But I also remember Carrollton. I grew up near that area. Yeah. So I mean, it could have been very suburban. It could have been totally empty. But right. this was at. We'll find out. It's around like two or three in the morning. Okay. So, so definitely empty, no matter occupied. where you are. Yeah. Yeah. But and clearly he's, you know, just trying to pick anywhere that looks convenient. Yeah. Despite not noticing cameras. Anyway, so evidently it's a pretty big explosion. According to the video, Um, you can it's like very bright. It's not just like, oh, we see this little, you know, thing off in the distance. It like lights up the whole camera. Wow. Um, and then you just see the guy in the video. He like walks back to the car and he just drives off. License plate. More or less. Okay. So <laughs> this is very helpful. I mean, without this footage. Uh, who knows what could have happened um, and how this would have been resolved. Um, burning, you hear about it a lot that crimes and fires, it's everything's gone. Yeah. Identity, DNA. And that's why it's very commonly used in a staging situation because yeah. it completely screws up the entire investigation. Um, but this video, it would show the make and model of the car and a clear sight of a male in a white shirt. And so they start with the car as the first lead. Um, they're able to connect the dots pretty soon afterwards when actually on the other side of town, the um, red Saturn in question, it's located in an apartment complex um, parking lot. And um, it's found by just like a run of the mill patrol cop guy. Um, and Carlton, I'm sorry. Okay. It's small, Please, right? Like it would be like spring to Houston almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. it's, it's like kind of right in between. I mean, at this point now, I don't even know. But growing up, it was very much in that distance okay. range. It's kind of near Plano, kind of near Addison, maybe. Okay. Slash, I don't know. Something else. So maybe now like. Now there's probably eight more cities in between towns. 30, 40, 50,000 people, something like that. Yeah, it's like, not small, but it's not, not big. It's all giant, like giant. jumbled together. Like Houston, a red Saturn could go unnoticed if they lived It would still clear probably across town be unnoticed forever. in Carrollton, but because it was put out on the good police APB work. of like whatever, <clears throat> he was doing a normal patrol and he saw it and thought, why not? Good for him. Like I, I, can, know, right? I, I will be looking for my own product in a grocery store in the section it should be in and still not find it. So that's pretty good that he was like, I'm going to keep this at the forefront of my mind. I and mean, it's not like it's a white Acura, like 
it's red. I mean, that's but guys are so colorblind. Is that a thing? A I don't know. Saturn looks like this is not. No, it doesn't matter at yeah. all. <laughs> Summer of growth. All yeah. right, not so much. Um, they uh, da 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 cutting this all out. <laughs> I can't read as usual. Um, okay. The uh, police officer who spots the car, he approaches it and immediately smells gas, which is kind of telling <laughs> because, I mean, I love the smell of gasoline and mm. it's also a car. So you're like, isn't that kind of a common thing? But maybe not. But it's when like overwhelming, he knows that it's like, oh, there was a fire that happened near this car. Maybe it's suspicious. And then he sees the uh, gas can in the front seat. <laughs> So it's like, all right, this could be looking pretty likely. God, did Melinda do this one too? <laughs> she would drive a Saturn. <laughs> no offense, because that's the victim's car. Never mind. Oh, just fuck. kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, so this is when, like you said, they run the plates. Um, they see that it is registered to a Glenn Goodwin forensic files. Um, they also obviously will get his address. Um, they head out to Arlington where the address is listed and um, they want to try and get some answers, figure out who owns this car, what's happening. Uh, is this the victims? Is it the offenders? Because they see a guy drive off in it. They kind of assume that it is the perpetrators. Mm-hmm. So when they arrive, a lady named Peggy answers the door at the home and they ask her, you know, hey, do you own this red Saturn? And she's like, well, yeah, but technically it's our daughter's car. No. I know. <laughs> But at this point, they still haven't actually identified the body yet, but they're realizing, like, this may not be what it what we thought it was. This probably is actually, you know, this is her mother. The girl that's dead is the daughter. How, do you think the officers went into that, like, went and knocked on the door thinking we might be giving, like, family notice right now? We don't know. Or based on what like, I read, I think so they awful honestly... just stumble into, like, yeah we have to tell you while we're looking also like third option was that like oh then your husband did it right you know that's true that could have been another potential thought yeah um i I feel so bad for cops that have to tell families that they're yeah and they're always like really casual about it i mean on tv i think the cops that told my parents that harrison died were really like they stayed for a while which was nice a little different i feel like it wasn't a he wasn't lit on fire by another human i guess that i not that her situation is any more sad than your brother's but but i feel like you would maybe want to get the fuck out just like uh we're gonna go solve this crime yeah we're gonna leave here's your information yeah because this is fucking awful i'm sorry maybe that is why it's so casual is because maybe an awkward moment they're just trying to keep that veil sorry i just no i mean hey i'm fucking sucking it up right now Bar, like ugh, sidebar awful. it all the whole episode please <laughs> um um okay so yeah so they kind of think it might be glenn um but they kind of question him about it figure out that they need to back off again it is uh their daughter melanie she's been murdered and um she was 19 at the time very young uh she was a sophomore at unt and this is like the ultimate epitome of 2007 she was a red bull girl she was fucking adorable she had like blonde highlights all the photos of her are like in hollister polos and like denim mini skirts and like that era like she just seemed really sweet she was like you know that girl do you know what i'm saying like in a positive way like laguna beach fucking yes christine cavallari yes yes absolutely oh man that was a fun show that was a great show i'm glad i'm not that age mm-hmm. anymore um yeah she's just kind of forever like frozen in that era and i think it's it makes it all the more nostalgic and like i said eerie to think that i 
drove through Carrollton every day to go to school. I commuted to school from Frisco to Richardson, and it could have happened to anyone. Yep. It's very sad. Yep. Um, all right. So Peggy being pretty badass, she jumps into action. She um, wants to start helping with the investigation, obviously. Um, she contacts Melanie's boyfriend. So his name is Jose Alejandro Valencia. But he goes by, a lot of people pronounce it Ali or Ali. It's like short for Alejandro. So A-L-E is how he spells it. Okay. Um, I think it's like Ale, Ali, Ali, something yeah. like that. Um, so he is on the phone with Peggy. He tells her that Melanie had actually been working the night before she was killed um, at a GameStop event. So remember, she's a Red Bull girl. Um, they were, <laughs> this is again, so 2007. GameStop event. I like, know. So innocent and just <laughs> She was passing out, with out a bunch of nerds. Red Bulls. Exactly. All the nerds waiting in line. You want to guess what game that was being released that night? One of the Call of Duties. <laughs> I think before that, Halo 3. Oh, that is before that. <laughs> That, that, yeah. Yep. So, oh wow. Yeah, she's a cute girl. Halo three is the only out. Halo I played probably in two thousand seven. Ever. Did I tell you that we're playing Resident Evil? That's all we do now. Ooh, it's I've really been trying good. to get Brennan to start playing like GameCube with me, and then we're gonna get a different. I'm with you. Like yeah, it's it's fun. super fun. It's fun couple thing. It's yeah. more fun than just watching TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interactive, man. Oh yeah. So back to the murder. Um, she was working. Passing out Red Bulls to all the guys hanging out super late, waiting to get their hands on a copy. Copy? Who am I? Of Halo 3. No, that's accurate, though. Yeah. So, like, it's 2007 Linguo. Yeah, You're in yeah. it. Linguo? Linguo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I need a Red Bull. So sorry, Melanie. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So, blah, blah, blah. She tells Ale that Ollie, Ale, I'm going to say it wrong. Should I just call him Jose? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. She calls Jose when she's done at GameStop and says, hey, I'm going to come by, stay the night at your apartment, and I'll be there shortly, blah, blah, blah. Like, kind of new relationship. They're 19, 20 years old. It's like when you you have a Razor cell phone and you're like, okay, talk mm-hmm. to you later. See, I'll be there soon. Like, they were cute. They were very cute, like, very in love, very young couple. Oh, um, okay. So I shouldn't hate him. No, 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 no. Okay, no. He's a gem. So, Yeah. So first, detectives are like, it's your dad. Next, it's your boyfriend. It's neither of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they realized soon after he wasn't involved. He was super, you know, distraught about the whole thing, giving them all the information. He had a bunch of roommates, evidently. So it wasn't just like one other guy or he lived with his parents who would cover up, you know, for him. He lived with several dudes. Um, I don't think it was an on-campus apartment, but it was something of that college nature. um, And they all corroborated that he was at home. Um, He basically told Melanie, like, hey, when you're done, I'm leaving the door unlocked. I might be asleep, but just come in. I'll see you when you get here. Hey, by the way, when you're on your way, can you stop and get me a snack? Why do I remember this case? You've definitely talked about it to me before. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Because it's terrible. And it's also uh, one of those like final destination, not final destination, but like very like, like wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Or like, what if I chose to turn left? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Eight years ago on that uh, street and how it would have like butterfly affected your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she tell or he tells her, can you stop and get me a snack? Um, and she stops at a nearby gas station, a quick stop. Um, and she's like, sure, no problem, whatever. Evidently, this is kind of an interesting note. He asks for a bag of Cheetos and a thing of chocolate milk. <laughs> I heard a lot of like dispute on that, which is sounds weird, but I don't know. 
to each their own. Lots of dairy, <laughs> fake dairy. Um, he also tells detectives that he, um, she, okay, this is up for debate in my mind. So she supposedly is on the phone with him at some point at the quick trip, which is an interesting tidbit because I wonder the validity of that phone call and when exactly it took place. And I'll explain later. So the cops look out yet again. The gas station has the working camera surveillance footage, and this will show Melanie entering the store around like the time frame is about 140 to 145-2-ish range. Um, Timestamps kind of differ. Um, she enters the store, and then a man is also seen in the store, but he's kind of following her around and then um, follows her out of the store shortly thereafter. So, to come to find out, the guy had arrived at the store about... Like over an hour prior. Oh my God. What was this gas station clerk right, not I, doing? I get to that point. Or it's I get a to that small part. fucking store. Just watch out for your customers. Yeah. <sighs> Again, we'll talk about it. Um, so yeah, he had been there for a while, kind of just seemingly loitering. This is like pretty hilarious. So they kind of speak, well, they definitely speak to the um, attendant on shift that night. And he was... The one who pretty much gave the detectives like the whole timeline of the man arriving at the store, what happened, so on and so forth. So pause to remember the last case I covered and how that gas station attendant was super like, I know this, this, this and this. Mm -hmm. But then we had the Costco employee that like fucked up big time and Mm -hmm. didn't talk ever until it was too late. No blame on him. But this attendant in this story is a combination of the two. So good and bad. (sighs) Yeah. Um, Look out for other people. Well, just keep an eye out. It's weird. I know. So the attendant says that this guy shows up telling him that he's just been dumped by his girlfriend. Not surprising. Asks if he can use the store's phone several times to call his girlfriend for a ride. Stuff like that. Um, All the calls besides like one go unanswered. And we'll get to that one in a second. He then also tells the attendant that his own mother recently kicked him out of the house for beating up his brother Mm. i want to say when i first like researched this like eight million years ago uh his he also i'll tell you just right now he also told the guy that he has warrants out for his arrest he didn't tell him specifically what but i feel like i remember reading it was like very violent shit against his family members his girlfriend children things like that oversharing yeah in like a weird like I need help way, but also, like, I'm a fucking badass way. Yeah. Kind of strange. Um, Yeah, so warrants out for his arrest. He also doesn't have any money. Um, So at some point in time during this hour and a half, the attendant kind of feels bad for the guy, gives him a pastry, something to drink, um, and then he actually finally gets his girlfriend on the phone, and the dude asks the attendant, like, hey, can you talk to my girlfriend? Can you convince her to come pick me up? So, like, he can corroborate, I spoke to this girl, I know that he wasn't bullshitting me. He was trying to get a ride. He's not just being weird. He just is stranded. And uh, the girlfriend talks to the attendant on the phone. And she was like, no, he stole my car at one point. Like, I don't trust him. He's a bad guy, more or less, in that general realm of, like, fuck this dude. So imagine getting pulled into that type of drama. That's just, like, super annoying. Um, All right. So at this point, he's been there for a while. Melanie walks into the store. She goes to the bathroom, evidently for a while, according to some reports. Granted, she was only in there for a few minutes. But when you think about how long it takes you to walk in, grab a thing of chips and walk to the front at 3 a.m., 2 a.m., 
there's probably no one in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't take five minutes to do that whole process. Unless you went to the bathroom and you did some business. Oh. And that took like five minutes and then. No. So what I think, I'll tell you. Okay. Um, so she uh, goes to the bathroom, comes out, finds the snacks for her boyfriend. And the man allegedly, according to the attendant, he didn't really interact with any of the other customers during the time he was there. But um, he did notice him kind of like beeline it for Melanie. And specifically, he heard the man ask her or heard. Yeah, he heard the man ask her for a ride as she made her way to the register. Oh, my God. This is when it gets kind of strange. So this is when everyone claims that she was on the phone with her boyfriend during that interaction. So allegedly her boyfriend would hear this conversation. Right. With the dude asking for a ride. Yeah. Um, this is kind of when the Costco tendencies <laughs> begin. Yeah. Because then the attendant in a testimony says, quote, she seemed kind of hesitant to help the loitering man, but she he gathered that she had relented since the pair drove away together. Relented. That's a bad you shouldn't if you just that's not a positive connotation to any sort of situation. Yeah, like you should never no one should ever relent right. to a stranger. So Getting you should never car. look at a situation like that and be like, yeah. oh, I guess she relented. Like, well, what? And also, like, you saw this dude. Clearly, his girlfriend didn't want to give him a ride. Yeah. He's being a piece of shit. He has warrants out for his arrest. I get that you don't want to overstep your bounds, but why didn't you call the cops? Man? Overstep. Yeah. Overstep your fucking. When you he see. He could have done anything. You don't know. When you see you. a girl like that, like, I, I don't know. I've had people. I I think, you know, like upon reflecting, reflecting after leaving the situation, I think took some extra steps to make sure yeah. I was OK. And it's like, yeah, just do it, you know, and it's not necessarily this person's fault that she got no. murdered. And we talk about that, too. But it's that. just it's awful. Like, I don't know if he feels any sort of like guilt or remorse. All I mean, she had, all he, he had to say it was like, he would have done it "Hey, you know, you don't have to give this guy a ride. He's been right. here for a while. I don't think you should." But then, he's and maybe she would have said, of like, "I'm really intimidated. Can you call it?" Like, you know, I don't know. But when you're in that situation, I can see him being like, "Fuck this shit. Get him out of here." After all this time, yeah. like, I don't care if she's willing. Fine, but also say something, dude. But whatever. Yeah. Evidently, there's audio that goes along with this video footage inside the uh, store. So you can kind of hear him asking her for a ride. And it's just like weird. It's creepy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't like, know. You just like you see it knowing what happens later. You see it happening. It's strange. Yeah. Because and you can't be mad at like, let's say there was another person in that store. Like you can't necessarily be mad at that other person for not going up and saying, hey, you shouldn't give a stranger a ride. But like the clerk who had been observing, it's like that yeah. person, unfortunately, has a little more responsibility. And it is unfortunate because yeah. people don't ask for that shit. Well, and the thing but, is, is like he claims that I just need a ride. It's like a mile away. I just, you know, it's not that far. In that hour and a half, you could have walked home. Yep. You know? 100%. God, yeah. I'm so glad Uber is a thing now. Even well, though people... Well, he doesn't have any money, but yet he... I don't know how he paid for this pastry and drink that the attendant gave for right. to him. It's like, that would have maybe cost you the cost of a cab to, like, take you down the street. I don't know, man. It's all bullshit in yeah. my mind. He's a fucking evil human but of course whatever. of course um <clears throat> so despite this phone conversation belief with her boyfriend 
he states that he didn't have a conversation with her at the gas station that this she he would have known that he heard her talking to this guy and offered this guy a ride he Mm -hmm. never corroborated that story he was like no that never happened so that was just the clerk saying well this is what i think i think that she went into the store clearly noticed this dude it's 145 got skeeved out went to the bathroom was like what the fuck am i supposed to do probably called her boyfriend he's asleep that's why he was like, I left the door unlocked. Come in. Yeah. And she was like, I'm just going to pretend that I'm on my phone. I oh do that all the time God. with my headphones of like, yep. I can actually hear these people looking and talking at me, but I pretend I can't hear them and they leave me alone. Yep. I don't fucking care. Don't speak to me. Go away. Yep. So I feel like maybe that was her. Maybe. Because otherwise, I feel like we would have heard him say, yeah, I did hear her offer this guy a ride. And or I, I told her, fuck, no, you're not doing that. Right. right. And he never said anything to deny or, you know, corroborate that story. So <sighs> I think it was a ruse on her part, a smart one. I think she maybe tried. I mean, that's what it would explain her going to the bathroom for a minute she to was, try to game plan. You know, she was probably taught to be a kind well, and a she generous a person. She was just a nice and, girl. I mean, yeah, she's used to talking so, to people. She's a Red Bull promoter. She can talk to anyone. So she you know? felt pressured into giving this creep that she had already made these preparations to be talked at by a ride. I mean, like, well, we get to that point. Uh, poor thing. Um, so, yeah, I really do kind of wonder about the phone call thing. So I feel really I, bad for her. I like your story because I think we've yeah. all, if you're a woman, probably some men too, you've done yeah. that shit before. I mean... I just makes you feel a little safer, I guess. Like, yeah, I just like I I don't know. I can't guarantee it. I don't know her, obviously, or knew her. But I highly doubt any woman, like you said, or male would in their right mind would give a random stranger a ride at yeah. two in the morning. Yeah. When you're when he's telling you, oh, it's a mile away. It's real quick. Well, then just fucking walk. dude. Yeah. I don't know. And like, don't. I don't know. I bet she was probably boiling inside. Like, why the fuck are you putting me in this position, dude, behind the counter? Like, mm-hmm. help me out. But, I mean, it, there's no one else around. But um, uh, let's see here. Ironically, not uh, horribly ironically, shortly thereafter, um, the girlfriend, her name is Andrea, or Andrea, by the way, of the offender, who he kept calling and calling, needing, wanting her to come pick him up. She calls the store again, telling the attendant she was on her way to come pick him up. But uh, he informed her that she had, he had already received a ride, uh, received a ride and left around 144. So she was just a few minutes too late. <sighs> Not that it's her fault either. Nope. But I mean, for all we know, he could have done to this to safe. her. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Um, so the events that occur after the car drives away from the gas station and then after the car leaves the parking lot of the software company is relatively up for debate there's a couple conflicting stories and subjective evidence but this is kind of the gist of what happened okay now firstly many believe that this guy had a weapon despite the attendant not seeing any struggle of him leaving with melanie um there was no you know, forcing her into the car, him ripping the door open. He didn't see anything happen. Right. He saw them relenting and she going yeah. off with him, that whole thing. Um, people don't believe she would have willingly let him in her car. So they think that maybe he flashed a knife or a gun and forced her or forced his way into the car. Or he just kind of convinced her again. Oh, it's not that far. And she's just like, oh, my God, get the fuck out of my face. Right. Fine. 
Um, I kind of question the weapon brandishing theory simply because there was no evidence of her being shot or stabbed. Um, it doesn't mean he didn't have one with him. Um, I think I thought back to the very first case that I covered that there was a surviving rape victim who said, yeah, the guy who raped me, he threatened me with a gun. He put it to my head, but he never used it. Right. Was it loaded? Was it not? I don't know. There are tons of perpetrators out there that use it as a threat of force. Exactly. But at the end of the day, they want to use their hands. They want to physically see you die from their strength. And it's all to subdue you. So I question that because... Otherwise, how did he get in the car? I would really like to know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I just. Uh, I would. There has <laughs> to be some sort of force. Yeah. Either he was insanely charming. No. Or there was some sort of hidden to onlookers. On camera. That yeah. Some sort of know. coercion. She was a sweet girl, but I don't think she was that sweet. So, again, although the events weren't seen on camera, there wasn't a footage um, to the lead up of the murder. And then, you know, obviously seeing them dispose of Melanie, as well as these phone call records. So they were able to identify him through all the bullshit calls he made to his girlfriend and then not noticing cameras were everywhere. The man who murdered Melanie Goodwin is 20 year old Ernesto Reyes. (laughs) Yeah, 20. What a young age to just start killing right yeah or was it his first kill dun, uh, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, he oh shocker he immediately skips town and heads to mexico yep but is soon after apprehended uh man the police really have good luck with this one um he starts talking immediately after he's not trying to be like oh what are you talking about he kind of does but he's giving them information to fill in that gap timeline of when the video footage stops and when it begins again. Um, He claims, these are all the stories. He claims he did meet Melanie at the gas station, struck up a conversation with her. Um, He claims that she wanted to buy some weed from him or she was looking for drugs. Um, And he said, well, if you give me a ride, we can go buy some weed from my buddy. Uh, Down the road, take five seconds. It'll be fine. He tells police that she agrees and they arrive at his friend's apartment um, this would be the second person involved in her murder, which is Donovan Young. Um, his affiliation and actual actions are, again, questionable. Ernesto says that they show up, they get the weed, and all three of them decide to go smoke pot in Melanie's car, the red Saturn. Um, Ernesto says that he's in the back seat. And then he sees Donovan and Melanie have an argument. It starts, they start arguing. But then he also, later in another story, very similar to mm. <laughs> your lady, he then says that he was actually standing outside of the car watching them. But it's like, if you're in a group, I've never done it. I don't know. But based on TV, don't you guys all like hotbox cars? Or is that the term? Or is that another 2007 thing? <laughs> Hotboxing would be a 2007 Thank thing. You. I don't think people still do it anymore. We should bring it back. But yeah, you stay in the car <laughs> and everyone can't breathe and you get all yeah. hot and smoky. It's, right. And also, if you're in the back seat, you wouldn't just see them start arguing. You would know the exact conversation and lead right. up to that. That like, whole, you know, casual argument you, you would get be into in that you conversation, you fucking idiot. Well, like, also, like, why wouldn't you be in the front? Yeah. You're the one that 
knows her for five minutes longer, but still. Did you guys play shotgun and you lost? Like, right. Or maybe I thought, okay, well, maybe if I don't believe his story, but if it's true, Donovan has the weed, he's going to sit up front, roll the whatever the fuck or light the however you guys smoke shit. Yeah. And you know what I mean? He has it. He's going to be... So I don't know, you know what I mean? This Donovan person is involved. Yes, but okay. not to this extent, which we'll talk about, like I said. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. Is he in the backseat? Is he outside? Regardless of his placement, he thinks he sees a argument um, ensue. And then he um, claims that he witnesses Donovan start beating the shit out of Melanie. He then tells police that Donovan decided that this is when... Hey, man, sorry, we got to kill her and we got to burn the body. Right. You know, right, right, again, right. because of this totally plausible argument about marijuana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I sound like I'm 85. <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> smoke the pot and lot the thing, y'all. <laughs> Hot boxing it up. Um, okay, so this is when the two of them supposedly go to a gas station. They fill up a gas can, the one that the patrol cop finds in the Red Saturn, this is how fucking, like, I don't want to, like, demean, demean, what? Demean? Diminish. I don't want to diminish this, uh, like, poverty level or because I've totally filled up my car with, like, a hot, like, $5 because that's all I had. Oh, yeah. But this was a gas can filled with a dollar and 76 cents worth of gas. Gee, that's... Conversion rate of 2007, I don't know, but still. How do you manage that? I don't know. And I want to know. I didn't think the teller could set it for that low, you know? So, and I would like to know, this was allegedly at a Chevron. I didn't hear anything about a credit card being swiped or what have you, like an electronic receipt. So I'm assuming it's cash. Yeah. You so pull just out probably the change, change in your pocket. Yeah. But what gas station, maybe, I don't know, but what Carrollton gas station is 24 hours? Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Interesting. Because a lot of them close down at midnight. If you don't have a card to buy gas, but also they do have that window, like the the walk-up window that you can, like, get some stuff after yeah. hours. But it, I, I never heard it mentioned. Thought I'd bring it up because it wasn't mentioned. Yeah. Um, it would just be another confirmation of, like, he, did he want to leave a trail? Was he smart enough to not use a credit card? Right. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also not smart enough to realize that there was camera footage. But also in a lot of <laughs> gas stations, they ha- set a minimum credit card you have to purchase at least five dollars, yeah. and I feel like that's so maybe it was change more lenient now than it was yeah. back then. It was like super hypersensitive a long time ago because people, those fees were crazy, right? To have like a swiper card yeah. swiper thing. Um, anyway, who knows? Um, okay, so he goes to get dollar seventy six uh, worth of gas with supposedly with uh, Donovan, but yet again. Ernesto is the only one seen on the camera footage purchasing the gas. Donovan is not in the footage. So he wraps up with the story with the uh, police officers saying that the two of them fill up the car and drive it to the parking lot where the car is found or where her body is found. And then later the car is found back at the apartment complex. Um, This is when they, you know, see the whole explosion lighting her on fire. But yet again, Donovan is nowhere in sight. Right. Ernesto will then claim that this whole time Donovan is threatening him with a gun. 
forcing him to do all of this. Donovan is allegedly in the backseat of the car this whole time, telling him, hey, man, you got to kill Melanie, light her on fire, all that stuff. So he's claiming, I didn't really do anything. I was just this, like, inadvertent accomplice, you know? I was just, like, forced to kill her. The police are like, yeah, right, totally great story, man, but we're going to, like, find your friend and see what the fuck is actually happening. So they track down Donovan Young. He exists. He's a real friend, real person at the actual apartment. So it's kind of maybe happening. His story is kind of lining up. But also, first of all, red flag in his favor. He didn't flee to Mexico. Donovan Young is still there. Yeah. In America, just hanging out. You would think they would go together. Right. Because they, you know, go to the gas station together. Oh, wait, Mm -hmm. no. They go to the software company parking lot. Oh, wait, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, his story differs a bit. He says that around 3 a.m., which timeline lines up, they leave the apart or excuse me, the gas station around 145. They arrive at Donovan's apartment at three. I don't know the distance. It was never stated, but that was a little more than a mile down the road. Well, it, the mile was if they didn't go get weed. I don't oh. know. That was if she was just dropping him off at his place. Or whatever. Jeez, an hour and 15 well, minutes. Well, it leaves the time the frame for him to fucking destroy her body and oh, rape right, right, her right. and kill her. Right. Okay. You know, who knows where it actually took place. We don't know. Um, But anyway, it lines up time frame wise. He's not like way off hour wise. Okay. Um, He says, yeah, 3 a.m. Ernesto, Ernesto pulls up in Melanie's car, gets out, sees him in a bloody shirt. He's in a white shirt. Okay. That they see on camera. And he's like, there's blood stains all over it. He says that Ernesto is very obviously scared. Which, I don't know if I believe that. I feel like it could be put on based on his like overall demeanor. Because he's a piece of shit. Hmm. Um, he tells Donovan, hey man, I killed someone. Um, I need your help. Donovan peers in the car. And this is when he sees Melanie's body in the backseat. Um, this is just so... It's believable because of how shitty people are. He tells police that he can see her skirt is pulled up around her waist. Uh, her underwear is pulled down, you know, lower on her legs. And her top is, is she, she clearly has been raped. Um, and he can clearly tell that she was dead. Her eyes were open, but she was not moving. Ugh. Like, what a horrific, like, I can't. Um, <clears throat> Ernesto then asked Donovan to help him get rid of Mel- Melanie's body. And this is when Donovan willingly admits to police that he hands Ernesto some money and a gas can and tells him to leave. So so that's enough for him to be an accessory after the fact. Yeah, but you know what? He could have lied. He could have been like, I don't know what, what you're talking about. You don't have camera footage of him at my doorstep. Right. I didn't do anything. He could have gotten the gas can from anywhere. He could have yeah. taken it from my backyard. You know, or I don't like it. There could have been a million other ways to do it. So it's like, how many times do I have to ask, like, how can you let alone, like, kill someone and rape someone by yourself, but also find someone to help you cover it up or do it with? Right. But, like, this is the millionth time that I've discussed this topic. It's the like, fact that there's, crazy. like, one person is right. inconceivable Shitty. enough, but two? Yeah. <laughs> two? It's like you're a good enough person to not physically help with it, but, like, a shitty enough person to, like, be accommodated. Right. Hey, man. this. Is- but also, it's, like, 3 a.m., what 
get out of my face. Here's a couple bucks. Go away. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with this. Leave me out of it kind of shit. We don't know his history, his past with law enforcement. <sighs> right. You know? Because you want to say and then you turn around and call the cops. But yeah. maybe he was a dealer. Yeah. You know, or maybe, maybe he did like, have pot I'm in the actually, apartment. I see this girl dead. What is he going to do to me if I don't help him? And I don't know what Donovan's race is. I don't either. But, you know, it could be uh, an ethnicity that cops aren't too kind right. to. Right. Or they could have been affiliated in a much deeper level of he friendship from they war. were kids. Might, yeah. Or they could be in a gang together. We'd have so no idea. So many reasons. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like, you or I, if I showed up to your house with a body, you would be like, Shitty. cool, cool, I would cool. Slam the door. <laughs> Let me find a way to get you away from right, here. Right. And then wink, I would wink, call nod, the police. Yeah. yeah. And I would do the this same thing. This sounds too. like a very, <laughs> like, homie bro thing to do. Yeah. Of like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to And you have to wonder about that, like, rape element. Like, there are so many men right. who just kind of, like, <laughs> well, there I'll are circles the of men of where story. rape is seen as, like, a fucking attaboy, you know? Like, well, yeah, you got her. Ha ha. When I f- get to Am his. Am I maybe real mad? Um, no, but like he, it's understandable. Not It's not understandable, but I understand how you he could have uh, interpreted his Ernesto's like uh, story a certain way. Okay. So while this story is kind of weird, it kind of makes sense-ish. Again, Donovan isn't seen on any of the footage. Their stories are kind of different, but they do line up a little bit. This is um, Donovan tells police that Ernesto kind of explains to him the true events the night um, after the fact. He said that um, Melanie, this is <laughs> this is so similar. This is his second story uh, or second version, just like yours. Um, he said that Melanie gave him a ride. They started hooking up in oh, the car. Oh, you're so attractive. <clears throat> right, sure. right, right. Yeah. And I'm pretty him. sure I heard um, Nick from True Crime Garage <laughs> say he was fugly <laughs> so bring in that 2007 word back to um during their alleged fucking in the back of the car her boyfriend calls and this is when melanie supposedly tells him i gotta go home um this is over our escapade is finished um and you know ernesto being a stand-up guy he says no i want to finish oh great right so she obviously doesn't. What in whatever version you believe this happens, she didn't want to continue, regardless of uh, whether it being rape and she didn't want it in the first place, right? Or, or consensual and it turned not consensual, regardless. Um. So after he claims to Donovan that he was finished, um, he tried to get out of the car, but she pulled him back in, telling him that she was going to say that he raped her. So he, again, tells Donovan that he hit Melanie in the face and her nose started bleeding and that he was just trying to hold her still and get her to calm down, but she wouldn't stop moving. So he just kept beating her. Ernesto Reyes raped and beat and strangled Melanie Goodwin until she died. The majority of her injuries she actually lived through. Oh, my God. He dumped her body and lit it on fire. He gives I'm so glad no she didn't live through that. Fucks about Mm-mm. her existence. He was mad. Regardless if it was consensual, highly doubtful that it was highly doubtful. And he was an angry, aggressive person who saw an opportunity and took it. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. 
I wonder if she resembles at all, same hair color, anything of the girlfriend that he was pissed at. Nah. Again, like I said, I researched this forever ago and kind of misremembering and sort of flashbacks of stuff. I'm pretty sure she was Hispanic and Melanie is tan white girl. Yeah. Um, So I don't think that it had any... Again, he has a violent past. This is when my notes kind of stop. He's just a piece of shit. Um, Based on his warrants, I'm 99% sure it was violence against, again, the girlfriend, the family. The mother was terrified of him. He was a terrible, terrible human. And again, opportunity, but also buildup of rage of sitting there for an hour and a half getting fucking pissed at women for ditching him on the corner despite good reasons right you stole her car you probably beat the shit out of her and your brother yeah so i'm gonna just see a girl and take out my anger from my mother and my girlfriend on her yeah that's that's what it sounds like to me um so let me pull up this situation online this is just kind of court proceeding situa- <clears throat> situation. So um, Donovan actually served time despite admitting he maybe could have gotten a lawyer to kind of drop it down to um, what's it called? Parole? No. no. Um, Community service. No. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. Why didn't I do my notes? Um, when you give information and you don't have to be a part of it. Time served. No. Immunity. Thank you. Immunity. <laughs> Vaccinations. Yeah. Um, he. I thought that maybe. All right. You gave us this really good information. You didn't have to. But he also didn't plea anything. He literally just went in and said, yeah, this is what I did. This is what I said. And I know that it's wrong. And I'm, I know I'm going to serve time for it. He didn't ask for anything. Yeah. Kind of like. Are you kind of a good person? Like, I want to hate you, but also thank God you said something. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, Even though this it's might not. super convoluted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, imagine if, like, they didn't have that footage. He would maybe still be in Mexico. You know what I mean? Like, it's awful. Um. Yeah. So Donovan served some time. I think it said, like, nine years, something like that. Wow. That's a lot. That's I mean, more than most actual rapists get. He's literally handing over confession here's the money here's the gas can that's true anyway um ernesto pina reyes i believe is how you say his middle name um he was sentenced to life without parole i am very much surprised that he didn't get the death penalty yet again um you have not premeditation but you have warrants kidnapping but yeah, kidnapping we can't tell. That. We don't know. There's mm-hmm. not a felony committed within. You know what I mean? Like, they there's not enough to substantiate that. That's in true. My I guess and maybe there is, and I just don't know. Wait, no. But rape and murder, though, that is enough. But he said it was consensual. Right. There's no way to arson and murder. <laughs> but but you're right. It is person. weird that he didn't that get would death be in more Texas. Of you know, tampering with a corpse, tampering with evidence. Yeah. You know, there's so much like and verbiage that's not that just... in, in concert with what makes the He's death also penalty. 20. I know that that's not 18, but also he had warrants for other violent yeah, shit. Yeah, it's, it's super weird. Right. Super I don't know weird. whatever. I wonder but... if he pled a certain way or if he had an attorney. I wish I would have been able to finish my notes <laughs> and I would have known. <laughs> it doesn't super matter because no, the death penalty is guy. not it's good not anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I 
let's see, life without parole. Um, <laughs> this was good. I saw this, which I love these statistics that um, they just put like astronomical years on their maximum sentence, which is seven thousand. Yes, that's what that's what Melinda <laughs> had. Seven thousand. Yeah. She'll get out in five thousand five hundred fifty-five. Shut up, my yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So wait, when did Grace die? Oh, Grace died January of twenty fourteen. What date? Uh, January ninth. Uh, he was born on January thirteenth. Ooh, that's my sister's birthday. Yeah, he was six one, almost three hundred pounds. So this guy, he's a there big were, fucker. He, she had um intense bruising, like head injuries. There were bruising all over her chest, which <sighs> they assumed he was most likely pushing on her, yeah. sitting on her, putting his knees on her chest, trying to strangle her and hurt her air constriction in some capacity so it was a visual i mean she died looking at this guy oh like i it's absolutely horrifying i just i there's no way to say it without it coming across as victim blaming and you just don't know again we never found a weapon when he infers that donovan had a gun it's like you want to say that maybe Maybe he had rejecting it a story of you know events that he wants to you know, but we never found a gun. Did he have time to stash it in Mexico? Maybe. Did they run records to see if he had anything registered? Probably not, because why would he have it registered? Yeah. So it's like it's a lot of hows, whys, and within. I think that girlfriend is a lucky bitch because it could have been, been her. And um, I feel really bad for Ale because oh, I'm sure he's just like, if I hadn't fucking exactly. asked her for snacks, like that guilt of what oh. if. And like you said, wrong place, wrong time. But he would have done something to, to someone, someone else. He would have had a victim he, that night. He chose to do this. We'd be regardless. talking about some Andrea. other woman. Exactly. Yeah. His mother. He would have beat up his brother again. Something like that. Um, she did nothing wrong in this scenario. Nope. He chose to do this just like everyone does when they rape and murder or what have you yep. to anyone. It is a choice. And he was a sad, sad, disgusting person. Um, evidently, the her, his mother and Melanie's family kind of had a moment in court. And it was a really tragic sort of, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Ugh. I didn't. I, I was mad at him. I didn't see the signs, that kind of situation. And I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry my son caused this, that kind of exchange. Um, but yeah, life in prison. He's in the Polinsky unit. Um, fuck that guy. Fuck. What's his name? <laughs> fuck cares? you, Ernesto Remember Reyes. that one episode where you thought his name was Ocelio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the whole time. Uh, yeah, no. Er- Ernesto Reyes, um, fucking go to hell. Yeah, I like now if someone like you see stories about some guy following a woman mm-hmm. and her child around a store and I've seen viral posts where someone else said, you know, don't be a victim. Just turn around and yell. Why are you following me? I feel like I could do that now. I'm 26. I think I could do that. Yeah. When I was 19, there is no fucking way I could do that. When I was 19, I probably wouldn't have known hey, you can go up to this clerk mm-hmm. or you can go, like, you don't have to be in this situation. Like, you are, you can stand by that counter yeah. for as long as you want until you feel safe or until police are, like, I still you just don't know that it. mentality of, like, 
she was a nice girl. She probably didn't want to make a scene. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, me, I was a year younger than her. Mm -hmm. And I think I wouldn't have even thought that someone was looking at me because I felt such like a loser inside. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even think that anyone gave a shit enough. But now I'm still of the mindset that like, I don't, I don't care about hurting that guy's feelings. I don't want to draw attention to myself. Yeah. Make a big scene when it's like, no, dude, I'm just shopping for flour too. What do you get off my dick? Exactly. Because the the worst fear is you're You're wrong. wrong. Yeah, and that's victimization. Mm-hmm. The 101. Second, yes, well, it's just being victimized by the cops again, hearing yep. it on the news, your family, you're embarrassed, you victimize yourself. I would rather be victimized by the police in the, like a stupid, you were shopping on the same aisle as me than being raped and murdered and strangled by this fucking dude. Yep. So when in doubt, shout it out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. As lame as that sounds, I yeah. mean, my voice was cracked. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he ended up in that car with her, but I it's I 100% know that she was, like, just terrified. Yeah. Is the worst 100, way. Like, from the moment like, he approached shown her. Shown off to your, not shown off, but, like, more or less shown off to your friend or his friend and just completely on display Mm-hmm. No remorse or regret shown. He could have, if he really felt bad or scared, he could have covered her up, made her look unexpected, like pull the skirt down, pull her underwear back up. Like, come on, man. If right. you really were, oh, I just wanted to finish and it just got out of hand. Mm-hmm. You, in my mind, someone could spin this in a direction of you were proud of this. You were embarrassed, maybe. You want to get rid of the body, but you were proud of what you did, and you fucking suck. And well, you needed help because you're a fucking coward, and you needed someone else to help you get rid of the mess you made. Right, yeah, because especially, like, if you got out of the car and she pulled you back into the car or whatever and said she was going to say you would you, were, you raped her, Yeah, her underwear and skirt would have already been pulled back up and down, respectively. Because Which, yeah, because then it's gross to sit on a car seat <laughs> with your bare butt. But it's gross also, to sit on any seat like that. I mean, so that's just what you would do. The scenario is even worse in that sense because say if she did do that and she was mad that it wasn't fully consensual, that means that he strangled her and then pulled all that shit off of her to expose her and embarrass her. Mm-hmm. Like fucking Martha Moxley pulled down her yeah. pants to show her body. To embarrass her in front yep. of everyone. Well, and also... And then lit her on fire. That would... No matter what the story... What yeah. version what, is true, uh, yeah. that would be... That's rape either way. Because if Absolutely. she said, I'm done, mm-hmm. we're done. He says, no, I'm finishing. Well, consent has been retracted. Exactly. And now you are raping her. Right. So... What no did he think? This is what? the better storyline? Exactly. This is just proves how dumb and unorganized of... a violent offender he is because he doesn't know the cameras he was pretty fucking ugly (laughs) the number one important thing of 2007 is that he was ugly he was ugly (laughs) and he didn't care about the cameras he didn't care if he was seen by witnesses anywhere his dna was probably still in the car he didn't think to light the car on fire inside her probably thought oh i'm gonna light her on fire it'll all go away but also how much accelerant, how much gasoline did he use? Obviously, she was charred, but it takes a long time and a lot of accelerant to burn and a body gasoline down. gasoline sometimes isn't enough right, either. Especially exactly. a dollar worth of gasoline. That's what like, I was thinking. That's what I mean. I was like, what is most, the conversion rate of like gas prices? Like, let's how much say did you really gas get? prices were really good and he got a gallon. Mm-hmm. A whole, a gallon? Like, is that enough? 
to keep a fire burning long enough. Like you can ignite it, but, but it will, will burn it out. Burning Is there long oxygen enough? to like right. keep the flame going? I think he just wanted to singe the outside, get rid of her identity. She had to be identified by her dental records, evidently. Yeah. But and obviously the car made it pretty apparent. But I don't think that he thought it through. I mean, the cop said it. The car smelled like gasoline. Did it spill over? Did he not use all of it? Did right. he not like this guy fucking blows? Yeah. Like so, this <laughs> definitely this was a, an opportunistic yes. rage yes. killing. Like totally sexually motivated. Just yes. Asshole. Yeah. Oh, she's in a miniskirt. She's selling Red Bull. Cool, she's man. She's pretty. She probably smiled at me. So that's my in. Like, you had to, like, stalk her through the aisle begging her for a ride. The shittiest part to me is that he 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 lied about her. Mm-hmm. He lied about her wanting to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. He lied about her wanting to buy drugs from him. Not that weed is bad. Just like a further the, defamation of yes, character. Just like, like I humiliated absolutely. her this by keeping her, her pants fault. down. By, yes. Right. Yeah. He wanted to just completely get, put the blame on his friend. Yeah. Put the blame on her. He's a pussy. Such a piece of shit. I don't even want to say pussy because that's just, just rude about women too. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. I get it. I get it. I just, she did nothing wrong. No. She got her boyfriend a fucking snack. Yep. That he didn't even get to enjoy because of this piece of shit. Yep. So. So scary. And stories like these make it more real. Yeah. And when, especially... 12 years later, tomorrow, mm-hmm. it's come so much further. Yeah. It, it's nothing has changed. And no. it's not like any regulations or anything could change the inherent evil in people. Mm-hmm. But it's still like people are killed like this every day. Like it's almost more comforting a planned out murder. And comforting is a bad word to use. But it limits your possibility of being exactly. victimized. Exactly. In your head, you can rationalize When it's so it's random not, like this, it's yeah. like, oh, this could be me. Right. This could be me. Yeah. If I had to, if me leaving right now, it's uh, midnight. Well, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not, I don't have, I don't have to get gas. But if oh. I had to get gas and I decided like. Hopefully your car doesn't oh, break down. Right. The cop that helps you out. Your AAA guy that helps you out. Hopefully he's not a fucking rapist. Like, or she. Don't discriminate. Remember? Yep. It's Equality. Just, <laughs> everyone's shitty. I think it was a good first episode back because it's, it's fucked <laughs> we up. We got all the kinks. We worked the kinks out. Yeah. And things and stuff there was simulation situations of numbers and people and dates and deaths my favorite thing in the world um thanks for listening um i don't know hey we're back so write a review on how you like that we are back yeah and tell your friends that we're back because i'm sure we lost all of them well hey if this cheers anyone up i got real nerdy and got on excel and made a spreadsheet of things and stuff recommendations suggestions of uh from listeners so um we might be making our way through a list here soon yes and we also got a really long email that is it pertains to a story i did no 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 i just want this person to know if they're listening I have been very busy with work. I haven't had a chance to read it all the way through. Hannah forwarded it to me because it is something that I said and covered and did. Um, so I will get back to you. <laughs> I just wanted to say that because I feel I, bad about 
I get anxiety over having unread messages, oh. and I currently have 30 unread text messages. Oh, so Jesus. you see where my life no, is right this now. This is my problem is that I want to send eight page emails back to these people because I'm like, <laughs> oh, OK, you want to talk about true crime? Me too. For the rest of my life. Um, the most important. Did I already talk about this? I don't think I did. Not um, on this first episode. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Um the most I might move this part to the front because it is super fucking important Ooh. because it is about to happen. Um, last episode was Shayna and Diedrich. Mm-hmm. Her father. <gasps> That's right. Emailed us. Oh. Um, really bizarre. It is him. Um, I mean, if it's not, then that's a horrible joke. <clears throat> I harp so hard on when is Craig's trial? When are we going to hear answers of how and why this happened? And he emailed us a uh, two-sentence email. I am the father of Shayna, and Diedrich is my grandson. Craig's trial begins September 30th. It's happening. Why is is my microphone working? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back at some point. Our microphones don't work because everything's <laughs> fucking shitty. Uh, we'll be back at some point with yeah. more Texas true crime. Happy, happy oh yeah extra happy halloween but our two-year anniversary is next week no nbd 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 literally nbd because we don't care <laughs> wait no it's, it's happy halloween just kidding Bye.